All right, people, if you have listened to this podcast before, you know Art of the Trek is a great place to plan your backpacking trips. Our friends over at Art of the Trek are working hard to research and add things like campsites, trailheads, and scenic locations to their public map. The good news is that you can now add your own points of interest to the map and help your fellow adventurers plan their trips. That's pretty cool. If you have something like a favorite campsite, trailhead, or a scenic location that you'd like to share with others, please head over to artofthetrek.com, turn on some points of interest from the overlays menu, and select the orange plus sign at the bottom of your screen to help your fellow hikers plan the best trips possible. If you contribute at least a dozen or so of these, Art of the Trek is going to send you a free swag bag. That's pretty sweet. All right. Oh, man. Uh, welcome. We got a guest. Welcome to another Friday edition of Backcountry BSing. We got a special guest in studio, Scott from Endeavor. Endeavor Brewing Brewery and Spirits? Never Brewing and Spirits. Brewing and Spirits, yeah. Has joined us. And and we have a, we have a strong history with Scott. Yes. Uh, before we get into Scott, I got to give my announcements. Yes. <laughs> Remember to rate us on the iTunes There's store. There's only one person watching right now. <laughs> it's because it just started. Hey, I'm going to send you this link. Um, remember to rate, go over there and just rate us on the iTunes store. And then, um, the other thing to note is I kind of talked about it last week, but we are in like a month or so, we are moving the entire podcast to its own YouTube channel. So there's a link. Um, I don't think I put a link on this video. I'm, I'm texting you this, the link to this live stream right now, Scott, that's what I'm doing. Um, but Go check out the Backcountry BSing YouTube channel. Yeah, it needs some love. Um, we need them also. We have like 36 subs. Yeah, and there's thousands subscribe. of you all that watch this. So go subscribe. Um, there's a link in our uh, in our link tree on Instagram. Yeah. I probably should have put a link in this video, but I forgot. So there's a link in the Meldrum video, but go subscribe. Right. That. Okay. iTunes store, rate us. Yeah. Go subscribe we, to Backcountry BS. Actually, I was reading through the uh I was reading through the uh ratings on iTunes. I appreciate the love. Yeah. A lot of love. And every time I say go rate us on the iTunes store, people go rate us. So <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shut up about it. All right, we got that out of the way. So we I went back. You were the the sixth episode guest on Backcountry BSing. And do you remember how shitty the audio was? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't recall specifically, so, but, <laughs> so I but, but it was a, it play. was, it was a true BSing in the fact that we were in a brewery. Yeah. We it's, were in an active brewery with a fermentation tank. It, bubbling it, the, behind uh, us, right? it, it looked, it looked so cool, but the, uh, the audio was like, like, this is so much better. Sure. I like, I, you know, you feel like you're like in each other's heads. I don't know. It's, it's very weird, but, uh, I, I, you were a guest number six. Yeah. I want to, before we get into like hardcore stuff. I do want you to go through, you have a very impressive, well, I guess first, let's pour our drinks. We haven't done that. Yeah. So, okay. Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you tell everybody what we're drinking here? So I brought with me a couple of things tonight. Uh, One is our baby shoe bourbon. The other is our baby shoe malt whiskey. These are not available for sale or purchase yet. We're awaiting... Label approval. So is this like a bootlegging operation we're doing no, right here? No, this is this is simply the product that's pretty much ready to go, and we're just waiting on the ability to be able to sell it okay. legally. Okay. So okay. we're just sampling some okay. of the samples that we we're have sampling. available. Yeah, we're sampling. Of course. What's the where does the baby shoe come from? Yeah, what is that? So super fun story. Um, 
it actually tells you a bit about the history right here, okay. the side oh, okay. of the bottle. Okay. But my mother-in-law was going through some of her old family items and came across some of her father's baby shoes. And she noticed that there was a piece of paper tucked up inside of the toe. And she pulled it out. And it was a piece of paper torn in half. And the other shoe had the other half, which was a whiskey recipe. What? Whoa. From Prohibition, hidden no. away from her bootlegging grandfather. Really? Wow. Correct. So that was sort of the inspiration while designing these whiskeys. So we titled them Baby Shoe Whiskeys. So Baby Shoe Bourbon that's, and Baby Shoe Malt Whiskey. That's got to be the coolest <clears throat> uh, bourbon and whiskey story. And, and we I've should heard. say, if you're in the Columbus area, yeah, you need to go, go to Endeavor. You can you can drink Scott's stuff there. Yeah, they have a, and I was actually um, obviously we we went there prior to this. We had a first off first time drinking in a bar in probably an entire year, and it was very. I thought I felt out, very safe, very clean. Yeah. I felt yeah. very safe. Um, I, I felt, and there were there were people there. Yeah, we're getting people out yeah, again. Yeah. You know, people yeah. are starting to come out. Um, Vaccines, safer. But I, I felt pretty safe, and it was yeah. very nice to just, man, it was nice to just sit down at a bar and have a beer. Yep. You know, yeah. the little things like, all right, let's, let's, what do you, what are we trying first here? Oh, man. I don't know. Scott, take, take us on an adventure. Let's start with the malt. Uh, that is a little softer. So, so this is the bourbon. This is the malt whiskey. This is the malt whiskey. And, and so, yeah, can you explain? Yeah, uh, malt means that it was made with 100% malted barley. Okay. This was made with mostly Scottish floor malt from Speyside that we imported from Scotland. We used a Scottish-style yeast. We used a little bit of Belgian special bee that had some caramel sweetness to it. And we've aged it with new charred American oak. How did you get into... Okay, you... Is this guy? Is this like scotch? Kind of, but you don't get peat. Okay. Oh, okay, good. So does it doesn't taste like dirt? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, for everybody listening, this is going to be one of those podcasts. We haven't done one of these in a while where we just we drink a it's lot. Just, not a lot. I mean, not we're going to be good. Yeah. But uh, hey, you know, whether you're whatever you're drinking, pour yourself a glass. It doesn't have to be alcoholic. Ooh. It smells. Oh, that's smooth. That's very smooth. You're gonna you're gonna like that. I guarantee it. Oh. That's very Scott. smooth. Why is it so smooth? Yeah, what why, makes it why smooth? is that smooth? So that's several different factors. One is a clean fermentation because we're a brewery and our brewmaster Cameron really understands fermentation. He has his master's in brewing from Germany. Uh, we can work with the ingredients we have. For distillery, we have above average equipment because we're a brewery with above average brewing equipment. Yeah. Uh, so we have a clean fermentation to start really with. That's delicious. Secondarily, we're using a nice still with good knowledge of that as well and so we can kind of eliminate a lot of the bad harsher components and very make smooth. a nice smooth easy drinking but still complex and, th- and that's 90 proof too i know that's 45 percent. yeah 45 yeah i mean um, like that's how close to the shoe recipe is this not very, in all honesty. The bootleg whiskey made in German Village during Prohibition is not one hundred percent Scottish barley. <laughs> so, wow, that's really that's really good. That's really good. 
And we, we uh, you know, we're still like kind of whiskey noobs, so we don't venture outside of the bourbon range too often. Of course. But yep. that's, it's really that's good. That's really And I love these glasses yep. are sick with the little, with the mountains in there. And the best is there's Bigfoot and Nessie on the glass. Yeah. And, and yeah. Scott is a, a fellow Bigfoot aficionado. So he was hyped about having Meldrum on. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the Sasquinoidal species. Oh, <laughs> yeah, all of the multiple Sasquinoids. Uh, Sasquai <laughs> is the plural, of course, and love all of them. I, you know, I asked him, I was like, what What are we supposed to call it? And he was like, even, he's like, you can't call it Bigfoot now because you just get laughed at. He's yeah. like, I pioneered the term Sasquatch, but you even can't even call it Sasquatch Well, in now. his in his book, he's it's, it's Sasquatch. So, but he he's now calling it a relict hominid. How, mm. Hominoid? Hominid? Hominid. Yeah. Hominid. Um, also, I should say, because we're getting a decent amount of people here, if you have any questions for Scott, we haven't even gotten to his very impressive outdoor resume, yeah. which is how we got hooked up with him in the first place. Um, but if you have any questions about brewing beer or distilling spirits or anything like that, um, drop them in the chat. We will. Uh, Andy's got the laptop. We will be monitoring I'll try. Stuff. It depends uh, on how it depends on how deep we get into these whiskeys. Um, this is really good. <laughs> this oh, is well, thank you. I I uh, yeah I'm I'm I guess I'm pleasantly surprised. I wasn't expecting. I this. like whiskey. Uh, I love whiskey. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that much different than bourbon. Mm-mm-mm. No, no. And, this is big. And all 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 bourbons are whiskey. Right. Not all whiskeys are bourbons. That's right. Um, I think it's it's interesting to note that. How do I want to say this? Corn. So there are four primary grains that are often used in whiskey production. Barley, rye, wheat, and corn. Bar- bourbon is defined by whiskey that's made with over 51% right. corn in it. Mm-hmm. Corn is lovely when used as an accent, but it also produces a lot more of fusel alcohols and kind of rubbing alcohols, harsher gross, like the gross taste. Yeah. Kind of the bad stuff going on. So the real reason why bourbon became the great American spirit is after prohibition, corn was a third of the price of rye Uh, and rye was the original great American whiskey pre-prohibition. Really? Correct. Oh wow. And malt whiskey is always defined. Scottish whiskey, Japanese whiskey, other whiskeys around the world. So bourbon really shines in that cheaper bottle. So to speak, like give me makers on ice. I'll drink that all day long. You know, it's really nice. But the really expensive whiskeys would have probably been a better whiskey had they not used that much corn. So I'm assuming you don't use that much corn here. So we use in our bourbon 75% corn. Okay. But the really high end ones you often find are right down pushing that 51%. Oh, okay. uh, Largely for that reason. And it probably still would have been a better whiskey had you had more malt or more rye in it. Do you you think... um, do you think this bourbon boom is just like a fad? You know, I think that bourbon is the IPA equivalent. Right. I was just gonna. I didn't <laughs> so, want to. I didn't want to say that because I didn't, yeah. because you make IPA, <laughs> you make wonderful IPAs. This is we really do. good. Yeah. And bur- there's nothing wrong with bourbon. Bourbon's fantastic. IPAs are fantastic too. The the problem I think is when you're too closed minded to experiment with something else. Right. Because actually, a lot of people that always order a bourbon or always <clears throat> order an IPA would a lot of times prefer something else. Yeah. You just have to venture out and know what it is you're looking for. This is definitely sweeter than, yes. than I like that. Bourbon, I yeah. like that. And it's it's sweet good. and it's smooth and it's got like a like the smell is a lot different than bourbon. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's a lot sweeter. When is this going to be available? This summer at some point. So we're waiting on federal approval then state of Ohio 
Uh, it's a control state, so it needs yeah. to get uploaded to their database, all okay. kinds of fun. But sometime okay. this summer, this will be available for. Have you so. liked, because I, I remember when you, I remember when you were getting into this. Mm-hmm. Have you liked the transition to distilling spirits? Absolutely. Um, the spirits, I've taken a much more hands-on approach. So I've been, I started home brewing when I was 20 years old in Boulder, Colorado, right. and I'm 42 that, yeah. now. Uh, I know a pretty good amount about brewing beer, but Cameron, who has his master's in brewing and brewed, he's from Northern California, brewed yeah. for North Coast. He teaches me something about brewing every single week. So I let him do his thing with yeah. the beer. Uh, I've taken a much more hands-on approach yeah. to the spirits. Are you are you leading the spirits? Yeah, I'm Endeavor, doing... Endeavor? Correct. No pun intended. <laughs> I'm endeavoring to <laughs> make the spirits. Uh, taking a really hands-on approach to that, at least okay. here when we get started. Uh, it was always kind of the, the plan when we even founded Endeavor okay, to make it that. a distillery as well. I just... Oh, I didn't know that. Took time okay. and takes took us more than a year of actual permitting and building right. out and okay. that kind of stuff. I didn't know that. Um, it's very good though. Yeah, I mean, no, it's making me very excited to try that next. Well, you know, too. you know what's weird is that, like, uh, you know, I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised by, by what we prefer. Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to prefer this bet more. But that mean, tastes really good. Yeah, it's. Really I like good. the sweetness. Mm-hmm. You know, it tastes mm-hmm. really good. We're getting some comments on the mugs. People liking the mugs. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't gotten there. These uh, are pretty sick. I love. Somebody made a uh, Micah Risher made a comment that I, IPA is the hot sauce of craft beer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's really funny. Yeah. That's really. Funny. Oh, we got shot glasses too. Yeah, big feet. Shot glasses. Yeah, too. you know we're getting after it when we've got all this on the table. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So <clears throat> let's let's talk about your outdoor resume here. Well, oh, hold on. I, w- I kind of want to skip. Scott's got a lot of experience in mountaineering. Yeah. And you I, just want to skip to K2? Yeah. Scott, will you talk? Will you, if you know the answer, will you talk about some of the differences technically between K2 and Mount Everest? Yeah, um, and I, I'm building up. I'm building up to this, by the way, folks, because there is a there's a a lot of people just died on K2, and it was yeah. it was really bad. And uh, K2 is the second highest mountain in the world. Yeah, and um, a lot of people consider it the hardest mountain in the world. That's what however. I hear. But hey, hey, Jamie, pull up the stats. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a ridiculous mountain. Uh, so it's the Karakoram. Two. That's the range, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pakistan. And Everest is, I mean, it presents its challenges. It's a mountain in the death zone. It's the tallest mountain in the world. However, it's largely supported by Sherpas and the climbing industry. So you get a lot of megalomaniac surgeons that want to climb it and things like that, yeah. you know? And if, if you have the money, you can get someone to drag you up there okay. to a point. You still okay. have to be fit. You have to, yeah. you know, it's it's not like a total noob can get to the yeah. top of that. I have a, a really good friend of mine, Summit at Everest, uh, the year I got really? married, actually. He missed my wedding because he was coming down. He was oh, part shit. of the first Chilean <clears throat> expedition on the wow. Tibetan Chinese side coming up. Um, he successfully summited, uh, said it was amazing. A lot, sometimes people knock it just for being a, a track yeah, yeah, that you're yeah, hauled up. Right, but right. it's actually, it's a better climb. And I've got another good buddy who's guided it several times, uh, Jacob Schmitz. He lives over oh. in the Netherlands right now. And uh, he's guided it a few times. He's guided, I think, all the seven summits at this point. Um, and K2 is is a whole other level. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not something for 
a casual mountaineer. Right. If, if I had 60, 70 grand in the bank and some time. Is that what it, is that? That's is, to climb Everest. Oh, you're easily. talking 60 to 70 oh, G's. It, it might be higher than that now. I don't do, even do know. Do you know like why it costs that much? Well, it actually costs that much. Just the logistics of getting people, supplies, oxygen okay. there is legitimate, not to mention the fees because a lot of the, the local people, the Sherpas as well as the government, like they rely they, on yeah, that. That's, yeah. that's their life. Yeah. And, and so it costs a lot of money to get up there. If I had that money just kicking around and plenty of time, I would feel comfortable climbing Everest. That's within my skill set to have the right. Sherpa drag me up the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> not that my skill set is that great. I would have no business going to K2. Absolutely not. Is it, is it more like when we say, when everybody says it's more technical, is it, it like, what does that mean? Is it like more like on faces of rocks or is it more steep? Is it a lot more ice? Like, yeah. Like why? Yeah. Um, well, you're, you're actually doing technical climbing right at serious altitude in the death zone in the death zone. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you're, you're not, not just like, walking you're not just up. like walking up. Exactly. Like, so the, you know, the Nepali side of Everest, I know has the, the Hillary step and it's got a little bit of climbing. That's a bit technical, but there's also fixed lines up there. Like, are you like that, actually so. like when you say like, you're actually climbing, are you like, like, are you just going up a steep thing? Are you like ice axing in? Like what, what is that? Well, I think part of it too, to remember is that, the answer on K2 is yes. Okay. Okay. But within mountaineering, every year the conditions change. So sometimes what was a rock face is now an ice face or where there was snow, oh, there's see. now packed ice or there's I exposed see. rock. So depending on the year that you're out there, the route will change slightly. And something like an Everest is nice in a sense because teams of Sherpas have gone up there and they've laid ladders and fixed lines. So if you're climbing Everest on the traditional route, you are hooking your Jumar into the fixed line right. and you're walking up. You just said, right. Like you knew what a Jumar is. Yeah, it is. It's an ascender. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't the know. Little, I don't know what that is. Little things that yeah, you go like oh, this, you like know, yeah, thing? exactly. Okay. It goes okay. one right. way right. and then you right. pull the button to okay. go the other way. Yeah. Okay. It's called Jumar. It's one name for it. Okay. Um, an ascender, a Jumar. Yeah. And, you know, you're walking up that way. On K2, you don't really have that support because not many people climb it. Yeah. Here's some crazy stats on K2, according to Google. 300, only 350 people have reached K2 Summit and 77 people have died. Dude, that is insane. Yeah. That's one in five almost die. I know. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Why would you ever do that? <laughs> I mean, it's the it's the adrenaline rush. It's if the, I was like, hey, hey, you want to do this thing where like no. there's a twenty percent chance yeah. you're gonna die? No. I'm like, I'm good. I'll, I'll go walk Mount Hood. <laughs> so I want, yeah. So I want to ask you, what are I know I know. So we talked, we discussed this in the last podcast we do with you, but what are some of your climbing highlights? I know you've done a lot. Yeah, I mean, I've so the the big mountains that people know. You know, I've uh, been on Denali. Um, Kilimanjaro. People are always impressed with Kilimanjaro. It's it's a fun trek that's yeah. culturally awesome. Yeah. It's a hike. You know, if you're in good shape like, and you're a backpacker okay. hiker, it's not too go bad. Do it. Yeah. J uh, it's, JK it's really is hiking cool. and stuff. Yeah, yes. What's about what uh, okay, what so what else? Aconcagua, uh tallest mountain in the world that's outside of the Himalayas and border of Chile and Argentina. How tall is it? Uh twenty two thousand, almost twenty three thousand. Wait, feet. do you go up that? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's legit. That, that's no joke. Yeah, it's in twenty two nine something like that. Um, 
And I've been to the Himalaya as well, north of India, uh, right next to Nanda Devi. We climbed a couple mountains over there. So wow, when I didn't so, know about that. What what altitudes considered like the death zone? Typically twenty five thousand ish feet, and that's kind of so the death zone is defined as the point where your human physiology will never recover and be able to sustain itself. So every human being will eventually die above that point Jeez. in altitude. So it's, it's just 25,000 of time. Give or ish, take. Ish. Yeah. And in, in theory, you know, that's kind of the, the artificial number people put on mountains as a general rule of thumb, but yeah. individuals have different physiologies. Yeah. Um, so you were pretty close to there at 22, 23. 23. Yeah. How, how shitty did you feel up there? Yeah. Man, it was. Did you uh, use oxygen? No. No oxygen. Uh, and, you know, ox- oxygen makes things easier to a point. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it makes things harder because if things go bad yeah. and you've been using oxygen, you're, uh, you're, you're at a greater risk. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so if you don't have to use oxygen, don't use it. What, uh, out of all the hikes you've done, all the ascents you've done, what what's like the hardest? That's a good question. We, we asked the tough questions here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, Larry King uh, pouring out. <laughs> man, I, you know, obviously the, the altitude of Aconcagua, you, you completely feel. It How many days did it take to you. you to get up there? It was, I think, 19, 20 days, something oh, like so that. Oh, so you wow. have to do the go up and go down thing to acclimate? Yeah, absolutely. So on expedition style climbing, you, you kind of leapfrog it. Yeah. Where you, you hike to a high point, you drop some gear, and then you hike back down. Okay. Camp and you sleep. So climb high, sleep low. Interesting. And then you kind of then move up to that next higher camp, Ah. and you stay there. Then you carry up to the next camp. You leave a few things. You come back down and you sleep. I didn't know that. Wow. And that way, it allows your body to come around to that altitude. And so it took you twenty days. And what was your starting elevation? Like day one. Yeah. So we started the Mendoza. Took the bus up to uh, whatever those. Amientes, I think, which is a little ski resort right there at the base. And there's about a three-day trek in to get to base camp. I want to say the ski resort's in the uh, eight, 9,000 feet. That's total oh, guess. That's, that's <clears throat> legit. Okay. Base camp is 14,000 feet okay. on Aconcagua on the classic. Uh, so we did a, what's called like the, the 360 where you go up one side and come down the next. So we okay. went to Plaza Argentina and that was the base camp. And then you have camps... From there, two, three, and four. And you summit, and you basically clean it all the way back down to the other side on Plaza de Mulas, and then trek out. When did you do this? Uh, that would have been 2013, 14. And what's the, last, what's the last one you've been up? Uh, so we went to Denali in 2014. My wife and I took a year-long road trip, so we drove our Toyota truck to Alaska. That's awesome. Uh, met up with... Two Chileans, a Brazilian, a German, and uh, another gringo. <laughs> Guy from Columbus, actually. <laughs> Nick Schultz, right at you. And uh, we got on Denali. And then uh, my wife did a mountaineering course there in Alaska. Then we drove the truck down to Panama and South America. Oh, shit. So Pan American Highway. Do you sleep in the back of the truck? We did, yeah. So you were truck camping? We were, yep. Oh, man. I watch a great truck camping channel on YouTube, by the way. Truck camping, fishing. Shout out to the channel Mav. I freaking love it. How um how hard that, that's awesome. How hard was Denali? Denali is cold. You know, it's yeah. it's a lot more technical <clears throat> than 
than the other mountains because you literally fly a plane with skis on it, a ski plane <laughs> yeah. onto a glacier. And you pretty much, except a little bit of exposed rock or on snow, ice, glacier the entire time. Wow. You know, so your whole route, uh, we climbed the West Buttress, which is kind of a, the classic straight approach. You know, nothing fancy, nothing crazy. What time? Uh, is this summer? Did you do yeah, all this? Summertime. Summertime. <clears throat> I guess um, you kind of have to. Yeah. And so with, you know, with mountaineering, when you're on glacier routes like that, you have to time it just right because it's too late in the summer. The crevasses are too wide because there's been too much snow melt, but it's too early. You don't know where they are. There's other conditional issues. Oh, interesting. You have. So every year is a little different. The route changes slightly, but in a route that's been traveled like that, people get up there you don't want to be the first people up there because they, they've sort of set the route for the season. What's the, um, what's the most dangerous situation you've been in, in a high Alpine environment? Um, that was probably in India actually. So I had my 21st birthday in New Delhi, India, nice. having come down from I've climbing up in the Kumon Garwal. And I mean, New Delhi is a crazy town to begin with, yeah. but we, so we should actually, we, we are in the IMF, the Indian Mountaineering Federation, as the first group to have ever done something, which isn't really that cool. But okay. Um, okay. So we went up to uh, the, the peak is Bulgeri, and there's a pass that goes down this other side. So we were in one basin, and people have climbed up it from one basin, and people have climbed up it from the other basin, but no one ever climbed up it from one basin and passed and gone down the other okay. basin. Okay. So we were the first group to do that. Okay. But as we were coming down the backside, and at that point we were kind of really committed to it. Um, we couldn't really, cause all of our stuff, we'd hired a porter to like carry oh, stuff around and all this stuff. Yeah. And there was kind of this kind of sketchy Serac field, which are like big ice pillars that could break loose and, some signs. I was going to ask you what some a Sarah, avalanche what a runoff. Yeah. Was. It's like a pillar of ice and snow, okay. and we had to kind of cross this pretty sketchy area. We're on rope teams too, coming down this side. So it was sort of like, okay, go quickly and <laughs> wait here where you're safe. Yeah. You and we went one team at a time just to kind of get across, and I was pretty sketchy. But. And you're all so you're all roped together. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, rope teams, you have. Typically three, ideally three, sometimes four people on a team. And when you're crossing crevasses on glacier travel, it's kind of glacier travel basics. And that way, if anyone at any point were to fall in a crevasse, you're attached to another person who can self-arrest and pull you out of that crevasse. So, so the point, so are you, are you just, when you say rope team, is it just you and another person that are roped together or is it like a whole line of people? Sometimes it's only two people, but typically you want to have a third person it's right. kind of the ideal. For me, a three-man rope team is pretty ideal. So so if somebody goes in a crevasse, then you're just like self-arresting, sticking your ice axe in there and trying to stop. Precisely. And wow. it's sort of like uh, the reason that a third person is really nice is because if you're just one other person, right. you have, say, you've arrested that tough. fall. Yeah. And then you have to set an anchor while you're it, having that third person be able to come up and set the anchor Tie the rope off. I feel and like work together. I, it should just be standard that you have three people. On. Yeah, three it's a lot safer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or more than three. four. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, if I'm attached to him, he's going in a hole. Like, I mean, I, I don't know what. I mean, I, I can hold you for a little bit. <laughs> It'll be one of those situations where you have to cut the line. 
you got to cut the line. Yeah, like, you like, get to live. I, know. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> have you, I mean, have you, have you like heard of that? Like anything ever going wrong and like anything, anytime you've been out there, like it's something like really bad happened. I mean, trying to eat. Well, I mean, I've been close to things happening, yeah, but never really seen anything. That's good. Personally, you know, in, in there, but, but next to, What's the, um, what's like the camp life like when yeah. you're doing this? <laughs> Do you just get to camp and you're just so I mean, exhausted? Like, yeah, I've seen go like down. the typical, like you probably have these like battered down, like mountain hardware tents yep. and like the trangos. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, so like, like what time do you get to camp? Like, what do you do? Like, do you just like boil water and go to bed? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it kind of depends. Are people on your, hanging? Yeah, yeah, they definitely do, you okay. know, and it kind of depends on what mountain you're on and what you're doing. And, you know, some of the base camps on the bigger mountains. They're like parties, right? can get pretty okay. fun, and okay. the guides like to party, okay. and the Sherpas like to party. Well, depending on where you are, yeah. the, the local porters or wherever it might be. Um, there's a, there's a lot, of, a lot of fun going on. So, like, Plaza de Mulas on Argentina, for example, is kind of the the more trekking trail side of things. Right. And that you can buy beers from like the food <laughs> tanks there and stuff like that. And definitely don't recommend it on the way up the mountain, but on the way down, hell yeah. So on the way down, we went through Plaza Mulas and we had a couple beers. Yeah. Cause we summited, we're trekking out the next day. You know, <laughs> why not? Um, Plaza Argentina, a little bit smaller yeah. you know, and not as much, but sure. There's, it's some fun. Uh, yeah, you're kind of in your, you know, you're in your tents. You get to know your tent mates really well. And the higher up the mountain, typically you consolidate tents if you're with the large. I was going to say, so you're with, you're like, yeah, you're, you're, in, you're there. in there, yeah. you know, and uh, you get to know them really well. And it's fun. How many people are in these, these tents at high, high altitude? Two or three, sometimes okay. four. It just depends on the size of the tent and your group dynamics too. Like how many people do you have? You have an even number, an odd number. Okay. Uh, you know, on Denali, like what we did, we each had our, the sleeping tents. So you're with your tent mate or tent mates. And then we basically dig a big hole and put a tarp, right. like a circus top. Uh, over it. Okay. And that's our cook tent. And the cool thing about snow, if you ever snow camped or like made igloos or snow caves, you can form it. So yeah. we take time. We make benches. If you're on Denali, typically you try to find one that exists okay. so you don't have to invent it. And then you can kind of customize it. So you move into a fixer upper and you dig some benches, <laughs> you make your cooking shelf and like cubbies I, for food. I, I was going to say, I, I have to imagine as you're going up the mountain, there are like set spots that people stay at, right? Correct. Yeah. And they're already like kind of like good campsites probably. Yeah. And importantly, they've already been probed out. So if you're on a glacier you don't know where crevasses might could be. So you've got probe holes, you're going around. And if you're out of a perimeter, you need to be roped up. Yeah. Period. Mm. Because that you don't sense. know where a crevasse yeah. may be. But what happens is they establish camps and they've already probed that whole area for potential crevasses. So you know if you're inside that perimeter, you can unrope, you can camp, oh, okay. you can be more free, but you don't leave that perimeter without being on a rope. You can tell that I know nothing about yeah, this. I also know <laughs> zero. And it's something, uh, first off, I want to crack the bourbon open. Yeah. Um, but it's something, mountaineering is something that's very cool to me. And uh, it's another, like, it, it's it's kind of, it's, you're backpacking. 
You're just like backpacking up a mountain. I want to do. I, I I I read and watch videos that like Mount Hood is like a good like entry. Yeah, level. I got some. I got some crap in your ice, yeah. Scott. That's I, all I right, feel man. Ter- I feel yeah, terrible yeah. about it. We have. We got Don't no. Worry about it. No, no, no. Give me that here. Take there. get that ice cube out of there. I w- I watched as you were drinking that. and I was like, there's a there's a piece of lint in his ice, and I can't have Scott. <laughs> that what it was lint? Yeah. I was like, I can't have Scott get that. It's good tinder, you know. <laughs> Take the lint out of your dryer. It's a great way to start a fire. Um, all right. What's the story on the bourbon? So bourbon, 75% corn, 21% rye, 4% malt. Bar. So we're going to feel a little uh, little spice from the rye, maybe? A little spice. This is also cask strength. Oh. So it's about, I think this is about 55%. It has so you, not been cut with water. Yeah, yet. you don't cut it. It's like barrel proof, cask strength. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one, uh, when we sell it this summer, we will proof it down to the same as that, which is 45%. You, you, you should oh, keep so you it as cash strength. People us. go crazy for cash. We will have some reserved, and these are both very young whiskeys. Um, they're both about a year old. We okay. will have some after two years released as a straight bourbon and a straight malt whiskey. So this is a year. It's one year old. Awesome. Pretty much exactly. There we go. Good smell. Wow. Very smooth. That's good. Very smooth. It's like car. It's caramely coats your mouth. That's a year. Good. It's crazy. That's only a year. Yeah. Wow. It's. I got like a cinnamon thing. Cinnamon gingerbread almost. Yeah. 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 That's really good. That is delicious. It's really good. You know, I I read about like you know, there's this. There's a snobbery out there that's like. Oh, I'm definitely tasting the cinnamon. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you you know, the longer you age a whiskey, the more people go after it. But it it's um that's that's like Christmas almost. It's that's nice, really right? Good. Yeah. And to be clear, there's no cinnamon. There's no additions to this. There's no cinnamon all. in that. Nope. Uh, we got some nice phenols that are produced as a uh, process of the fermentation and and clarified from the distillation. It's like it's it's very coating. You, you're not getting kicked in the face by the proof. Mm-hmm. What what is the rough proof on this? I I think it's about fifty five percent alcohol, which is one hundred and ten proof, give or take. Yeah, I I mean of all the of all the bourbons that I, that we've drank over the last couple of years, dude, that's good. My my favorite proof is around like the one ten one fifteen range. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, when you get above that, I'm like, just it, come on. <laughs> we, you add some water. I gotta to do it. stuff tomorrow. <laughs> the nice thing is you you can add some water or some ice and get it down to the level that you want. Yeah, you know, and that's really the advantage of having a, a cast strength and opening it up. We we should also note this is delicious that you also have rum. You have two types of rum and vodka. Yes, we have uh, a vodka, a white two, rum, two types of gin, a botanical gin, yeah. a dry gin, yeah. and then at the same time we're releasing these two. We have a French oak and Brazilian oak aged white rum. So it's actually a dark rum. The rum was really good, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I, I need I have an empty bottle upstairs to remind myself that I need to go get another bottle on my bar cart. Yes. yes. It's really good. And the if you like whiskey and you like that rum, you'll really like the it's an Amberana Brazilian oak and a French oak aged rum. And then we have our botanical gin that we've aged in toasted cherry wood. You wow. should that's to die for it. I know. Really I know you're in the infancy of doing your bourbons and stuff, but mm-hmm. you should uh, finish some of these off in some of those rum casks. And that's Ooh. the whole plan. <laughs> yes. No. So the brilliant thing about being both a brewery and a distillery is the almost infinite life cycle of a barrel, for example. So a lot of times a distillery will make a bourbon and they'll sell that barrel 
to a, dis- yeah, to yeah, a yeah. brewery. Right, right, right. But then we can take that barrel after putting a beer in it and give it back and put a rum in it, for example. And then make a beer in it after that. And so the, talking about the life cycle of that barrel long term, and of course all this stuff takes years yeah. or one year, right. not even yeah. a year into being a distillery. Right. You know, so um, it, it takes years, but that's kind of really the idea is being a environmentally friendly with those wood sources, but maximizing everything creatively we can do with that through multiple life cycles. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, was, I, when we were, when we were going to try these, I was convinced that, you know, you were going to, I was going to like the, uh, the, the malt whiskey better. Dude, the whiskey's good. But this bourbon is fantastic. It's got, it's got a sweet finish, like a sweet cinnamon finish. It's very smooth. I, I really like it. It's delicious. It's really good. Thank you. This is great. Good yeah. to have you on more often. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> so right. we have beers too. So I know, uh, and I uh, I want to I want to get into get into that after this. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know this is one of those streams. Yeah. It's Friday. Yeah. Um, no, I was I was so I actually want to talk a little bit about the COVID situation being yep. a um, being a small business owner, small especially business. one that's like. Oh, and a um, and a you know a microbrewery and a distillery. How, I mean, are we are you starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel here? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I believe in science, <laughs> so <laughs> COVID is real. Can we just say that? I actually had COVID. My family had COVID. Uh, my yeah. wife got it from a charity Scott's volleyball immune. tournament. That's why he's in the studio. So I don't want to hear any. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, it's it's the irony is that. No one at the brewstillery has had COVID except for me. And I got it because my wife played in a charity volleyball tournament. That's and what you got get from there. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, crazy. And so none of our employees and to our knowledge, none of the patrons picked it up from our place. You know what I'm saying? So there's been a lot of vilification of bars and restaurants. For sure. Yeah, definitely. And... There are certainly some bars and restaurants out there where people are getting drunk and yeah. commingling. That's not your average brewery. It's right. not your average restaurant or, or a place like ours, you know. So we take it seriously. We take health and safety seriously, and we've had a completely clean record. I, uh, I When we were drinking at the bar, mm-hmm. I, I texted a picture of my drink to my buddies in New York City, and I said, eat your heart out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> my one buddy, my one go. buddy is literally like, dude, I drove 45 minutes to Connecticut so I could go to a diner and get some eggs. <laughs> That's crazy. So I, I, and then um, I was talking to Chad from UGQ, and I, I he's up in Michigan, and they everything's still closed down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize. He's like, dude, I drove to Toledo just so I could go to a restaurant uh, and, I, and I forgot that Ohio, um, I, I, I just, like, I, I didn't realize that restaurants were still closed in other places. Yeah. It's like, we're still shut down a little bit, but at least restaurants, I mean, do you, what is, I guess as a brewery, are you regulated at all in terms of capacity? Yeah, we, we absolutely are. And the way Ohio's law works is that any liquor license is associated with a food license of some kind. Oh, so you're regulated like a restaurant? Precisely. Okay. So there's different levels and categories. So even though we don't have a kitchen, we rely on food trucks. There is no legal differentiation between bars and restaurants in Ohio. Interesting. So yeah. that's why when they're shutting down things, they can't legally differentiate between bars and restaurants. 
every state's a little different. I didn't Some know states that. Are different. Yeah. And I didn't until I opened up. Until you opened a bar. So I think a lot of people were in your shoes. Like, of course. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been a really tough year. Yeah, gotta say, sure. um, we have an amazing team. Like all of our people, every employee we have is an amazing human being. Yeah. And I think that really, you know, good people attract good people. And we have awesome people who've been fantastic through this whole process. It's been slow at times, you know, yeah. we've had other, other ways that's been good. Um, the, the PPP loans have been massively right. helpful, yeah. you know, we successfully gotten two rounds of that. Nice. Good. And that honestly, if that hadn't happened both times, who knows what, what if yeah. we'd still be in business, yeah. you know, yeah. um, could we do more? Probably. Yeah. Um, obviously there were a decent, well, I walked in there. I was like, I've never been to a bar in COVID. I have yeah. no idea. There were like, not a small amount of No, people. I didn't know the rules, too. I was like, do I, what do I do? Yeah, yeah right. I, I haven't eaten in a restaurant. I knew you, had, you wear a mask when you go in, but then when you sit there, you're good to take it off. Yeah. That's the rule. Yeah, that's the rule. If you get up to go to the bathroom, you get up to leave, right. to enter, put your mask on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but when you're sitting down with your group of people, it's got to be 10 people or less. You shouldn't, you, we can't have people coming and going and hopping between yeah. different groups. Yeah. So I see. you come in with your group, yes, with your there. group. You stay with that group, okay? You know, and then you can leave together, but you can't come into one table and join another table and yeah. go make some new friends at the other end of the bar, you know, that kind of thing. That's not allowed. I uh, and then obviously all the people working there are wearing masks. Yes, and, and like I always just feel like a huge dick when I'm there <laughs> drinking and I'm not wearing my mask because I'm drinking. Yeah. But the people that yeah. are in like this is I think my probably because th- I've been inside when it was warm outside. We would go to patios, mm-hmm. of course. Um, I always just feel like a dick though, but I'm like, I got to drink. I can't drink through the mask. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, but I wanted to say that all the people working there were masked up and it was like, Correct. it was legit. Yeah. And then that's part of policy as well. Yeah. Like in Ohio, like everyone working there has to be wearing a mask, yeah. you know? So, and if you notice me, like I, you know, if I stand up, I yeah. put on the mask, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I went yeah. back and poured right. a couple beers, got yeah. some stuff behind always. And you walk behind the bar, you wash your hands in. Oh, and you wash okay. your hands out. So okay. we've got a hand wash sink right there. Oh, so I didn't see that. all those little, and then someone leaves, we wipe down and sterilize. It helps that you place. make your own sterilization yes. substance there. Correct. I yeah. Should, we should, should, we <laughs> have four shots from whiskeys and other products that we can use the cleaning devices. And, and, I, and uh, I, I like, hand sanitizer. I love and, your and when whiskey this, soap, by the way. First off, oh, I have, I have your candles in there. <laughs> Uh, and I still have some of your hand sanitizer. When this shit all started going down, you Andy, were the and only I, one. Andy and I immediately went over to you. And we bought sanitizer off you, which <laughs> yep. was legit. And uh, I still have some of that to this day. I do too. Well, good. We have five gallon buckets available still. So. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the sanitizer thing was really interesting. A lot of small distilleries got screwed by that. Really? Yes. How so? Uh, many of them. Uh, made a lot in response and never got it sold because then the big yeah. sanitizers uh, ticked so back then everybody in. Came, so they're stuck with the Gojo product. Up pro- okay. Uh, what, what happened also was the, the FDA released an emergency authorization for small distilleries to be able to start making hand sanitizer. And it was basically mm. one recipe, the World Health Organization's recipe, I remember, yeah, I remember which was designed for third yeah, world countries, yeah, yeah. you know, and you couldn't add yeah. other things to it. Cause then you'd have to go through a whole FDA approval authorization, all this kind of stuff. Um, and then recently the FDA then announced that it was going to go back and 
charge all of these small micro distilleries this massive really like, thirteen what? fourteen thousand dollar facility charge and all this kind of stuff. What they Dude. ended up not doing that. Okay, Thank, thankfully because of pushback yeah. and all that stuff. So they didn't do that, but we're now not legally able to produce that anymore because we don't have non-emergency status Are you authorization see. on this product. Do we you, still have some remaining product, so. Do you think, overbearing government. Do you think big companies got in on that and were like, hey, hey, you need to stop these distilleries? Like, you know. I mean, I, I would hope that that's not necessarily happening. It's, it's more just <laughs> following the rules that have been established by large corporations to begin with. At least let Greg, you sell your say, inventory. Uh, Greg yeah. Morton Outdoors says, our sanitizer at work smells like tequila. Mm. <laughs> the, the, nice. the stuff that Giant Eagle does too. Our, our smells like our vodka because it's yeah, basically our vodka. It's That's all that it is. I like the lotion you made. Yeah, okay. I liked okay. that. It was sanitizer, but it had like other stuff in it. I so saw that. We it made smooth. a little bit of, yeah, I think I gave it a test batch. We never sold that oh, because. Oh, not supposed to talk about that? No, we <laughs> added a little aloe in there, but then. It was great. Then they released their authorization and we oh, couldn't sorry. put sorry, the Scott. aloe in there. I so. got the illegal, the illegal Endeavor, <laughs> Endeavor sanitizer lotion over there. The nice, the nice illegal thing too is um, <laughs> because when we make. When we make vodka, it comes off the still at 96%. Yeah. So it's Everclear, effectively. It's pure ethanol. It's amazing fuel for camping. I was going to say, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can so, we get some camping stuff? I mean, I have access to camping fuel, <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's it's highly illegal and irregular. I have uh, I have the uh, a Buffalo Trace. This, yeah. They, they, they call it White Dog. Nice, yeah. They actually sell Unaged, it. yeah. And I bought a bottle of it over there because i thought it was hilarious but i have the buffalo trace equivalent of it, it was 14 dollars. yeah you could it. do white dog too yeah yeah. I, yeah what's the proof on that uh and you can grab it okay. it's literally right there um i was like i'm never gonna drink this but i'm gonna buy it it was like 14 dollars um what is it it's probably 62.5 yeah so it's not that okay it's that's not cast that. strength yeah okay so bourbon by law is so 62.5 is kind of that magical number where it yeah. has to come off the still at less than that number. So they're sort of maximizing their profits oh, based on fermentation. I see. And when you can put it into the barrel. So they're basically taking that, what they would put straight into the barrel, and they're not putting it into the barrel. They're bottling it, selling it to you. I know. I just never seen yeah. it in a store. I'm sure it's <laughs> it's, it's a novelty thing. I like, I'm, I'm sure, sure it, it is terrible. disgusting. Uh, but I'm like, you probably could it's, use it as camping It's fuel. actually probably not that bad. Um, Should we try it? <laughs> not gonna say no. Okay. Do you want to try it? Sure. Okay. I, I mean, it's gonna a, be strong. It's gonna be strong as shit, dude. It's hundred. But it's Buffalo Trace, right? So they they make really yeah, good let's stuff. Do this. Let's I do this. think they're fantastic. Here. Okay, so this is. I never thought we would do this. This is White Dog Mash Number One. So this is this is before they. This is what they put into we the barrels. Correct. And and Mash Bill Number One, I think, is the higher wheat one. I can't remember. It's got to taste like ass. It, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> this is great. I was like, I bought this because I saw I it. Have a, I have like, one too. Andy got one. It was like $14. I was like, I'll just get it. $14 for that? I'm like, it's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. Are you serious? Be careful with this. <laughs> yeah. Do you Have you ever used one of these? They're not sharp not as a brush, but yeah, I'm sure. Easy yeah. cowboy. Find Swedish steel. Easy cowboy. I'm an eighth. This Swedish. is like how people lose fingers right here. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we opened up a bottle of beer with a sword, by the way, a Viking sword. 
at the brewery. Oh, that's, pretty, that's badass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's, I've used it a couple times, so it's not yeah, like super sharp, uh, but it's sharp, man. So um, how about, I told you we have a hot tent, right? No. That's why we got, I got this. What? Do you know what a hot tent hot. is? Vaguely. I'm going to blow your mind. Yeah. <laughs> so it is literally, I'll a picture right now. It is a tent and you put a, um, we have a stove for a it. titanium wood burning stove in it. I'll show you a picture right now. I can't see what I'm typing because I don't have my contacts in. Um, but it is, uh, so it's like a teepee style tent. Sure. And it just has like a little hole. Oh, that's a bad picture. Um, there, there you go. go. It's got a little hole here. Oh. Everybody, everybody that's viewing. Um, if I can, uh, Everyone's like, there's comments here. When does the hot tent start? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Hold on. All right. So you can, everyone watching, you can see. So it's a teepee style tent. It's got a, um, uh, it's literally, in, uh, it's a, it's a three pound titanium stove that breaks down to like this. Flat, yeah. Um, and it's got a, uh, I got another picture of it. I got, there's the wood stove. Nice. Wow. So in the winter, you can you can run it and you can oh oh we just there we go um, you can like it was like ten degrees outside and you keep it like fifty degrees inside wow yeah so it's I don't know it, it's um it makes winter camping how bad does it smell do you have do we have more ice are we we're doing shots of this no just take just a sip it yeah. Scott, yeah, Andy and I share this. He doesn't have, you don't have COVID, right? I don't think so. We'll drink from separate sides. <laughs> That'll solve everything. Yeah. Oh, it smells like kind of like vanilla y. Smells a little it's bit sweet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, vanilla. It's not that bad. It's got taste to it. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa. It burns. Whoa. I mean, it's, it's full strength at 62. And a half. It's 125 proof. But the general rule is what if you bad. put bad whiskey into it? It's like corn. This corn. corn. I, I, yeah. Definitely tastes like corn. Yeah. Oh, it tastes like popcorn. Yeah. That sweet corn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah buttery popcorn. Yeah. It tastes yeah. like popcorn. Yeah. If you put bad product into a barrel, you're not going to get good product after. And yeah, Buffalo yeah, yeah. Trace does an amazing job. They're awesome. That's, that's their product like, good. So, like, I could bad. bring that backpacking and mix it with Mio. It's not that bad. <laughs> That'll really mess you up. <laughs> it's a, it Anyways. tastes like sweet corn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Once you said that, it t- like popcorn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's super interesting. So next time we got to taste the Endeavor equivalent of that. Yeah. What would we call it? This is called White Dog. Like um, White Squatch? Perro Blanco. Ooh. <laughs> Andy's having a hard time with it. It's it's bur- it's rough at first, but the aftertaste is buttered. It's, it's better than I. It tastes like like popcorn. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah, you know I don't know what their grain bill is on that, but Mashville. I'll look it up. I yeah, think Mashville mash, number Mashville number one. I whatever think, they call. It. I think it's I higher know. wheat or okay. higher corn. I mean, okay, it's gotta um, be. Yeah, popcorn. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so that's what goes into the barrel, and then you get all the lovely that comes out. I remember when tenons. we went tenons. to Buffalo Trace and uh, I remember like we went through like the little, this is like right pre, like literally three weeks before COVID. Wow. And uh, we went, we, we did their free tour, mm-hmm. which is, I don't know if you ever, if you're, it's a 
fantastic free tour. But I remember like, I was like, I was sitting there. I didn't know anything about bourbon and they were showing like the process. I'm like, Oh yeah. Bourbon. It tastes like charred barrels. Like that's what the taste comes from. Kind of like they just, they take that stuff. Yeah. They throw it in a barrel, a charred barrel, a charred barrel. By law. And then, charred and then depending on where it sits and how they move it, that's like where the taste comes from. We're like, Oh yeah, this tastes like a burned inside of a barrel in a, in a good way. Of course. Uh, but I didn't realize like that's where the taste comes oh, from. They don't disclose what Nashville number one well, is. Well, it's a ton of corn. It's a lot of corn. <laughs> a lot of corn. <laughs> it's I've, bourbon. I've yeah. never seen that for sale in Ohio. We got that in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, and th- that's so. It's funny because when you when you taste, so what I should do next time I come on, I'll bring some samples, and I have a few samples of bourbon mash. Or actually, they're they're pretty pure. So we have a ninety five percent corn mash. A ninety-five percent wheat mash, ninety-nine percent rye mash, oh, and a one hundred percent marley mash okay. that are all white and unaged. Oh, that'd be fun! And so, be tasting s- those three samples, and and when you when you taste the malt, it's sweet. When you taste the wheat, it's kind of round. When you taste the rye, it's spicy. Oh, when you taste cool. the corn, it's rubbing alcoholic. <laughs> okay. You know, and it's got some other <laughs> some other things going on. It's, it's, and so that's, it's terrible. This is interesting. So mash bill number one is very low rye, and and yeah. so that would be they compare it. So corn, it would be Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, E. H. Taylor, George T. Stag, and Benchmark, which I've never had. Benchmark. Benchmark is like their cheap line. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, yeah, it wasn't as bad as. That. It definitely yeah. buttered popcorn. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very weird sensation. Sure. Drink it. Sure. A little yeah. rough. That's a little rough. I go back to the. Yeah, yeah. We'll go back to the good uh, stuff. Yeah, back to the. Back. But <laughs> it's better than you thought it would be, right? It was better. Yeah. I expected it to be like pure trash. It oh. was better than that. Well, Buffalo Trace is fantastic. They do a great job. Yeah. So yeah. I was confident. If we keep be. drinking, I'll get the super expensive stuff I have. Yeah. <laughs> I guess a weller over there. I've, I've got a little rip too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That comes out occasionally. I don't know. Um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't too bad. So there's there's something Andy doesn't know about that you're doing that I want to talk about that you right. Facebook message me about. Oh, nice. Do you, you know what he's doing? <laughs> Why don't you tell me these things? Because you don't have Facebook. I, oh, I could give two shits. You know, <laughs> you know what Scott's doing? What? He's doing the Buckeye Trail. <laughs> we talked about that last time and no i'm not doing the buckeye trail Wait, i thought you were doing part of it you told me you were no so what are you doing like i thought you're doing a through hike of it or something so i'm i'm not gonna through hike the buckeye trail. but you're doing some of it i'm right? gonna through hike the ohio to erie trail. oh that's okay. but, but oh, that's Wait, right that's the right. ohio yeah. to that's erie. right so it's it's but part of it's on the buckeye trail right Am I missing? I, I don't know. I remember we, we we've, we've joked this. a lot yeah. about the Buckeye Trail. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah, but, the okay. Buckeye Trail Association hates us. Okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, not the Buckeye Trail. The Ohio to Erie Trail. Yeah, so I'm on it right now. I'm I'm planning a through hike for this summer on the Ohio to Erie Trail, and really, it's a oh, that's no joke. It's a bike trail. Give me that's give, largely give me look, the look, um, rails to trails. Give me the give me the like high level. Uh, Three hundred twenty six miles from Cincinnati. River, Ohio River. Okay. To Cleveland. Yep. Okay. Right through Columbus. It's largely rails to trails, like converted. That looks awesome. Bike path. Yeah. 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 Do people bike it primarily? People bike it. I don't know if anyone's through hiked it before. I mean, I'm going to find out. I'm. We can send you some resupplies. So it's all bike. 
like it's just like paved. Walking. Yeah, it's like it's largely paved. <laughs> I mean, it's largely paved. I, I it's not going to be technical it's terrain. It's just walking. It's basically <laughs> get some pad or running shoes and a day pack. Wait, are you going to bike it or walk it? I'm going to walk it. Okay. And the idea we- is, you know, I I've been kind of wrestling with with some different concepts, you know, yeah. for, for a while. How did this happen? Let's so talk about this. The funny yeah. thing is, um, out of all the trails, and all the corners you're of the like world, 326 miles. Yeah. I, so first and foremost, I have a almost four year old child and there, yeah. a almost one year old child at home. So you're like, so, I'm going to get out of the house. <laughs> so my ability to leave for extended periods of time right. are few to none yeah. because I, I want to spend this time. I'm going to take my son on this first overnight backpacking trip this summer. That's cool. Really excited for that. Uh, Fitzroy. Yeah. Is my son and Monroe is my daughter. They're both named after mountains. I was going to say, I was, was going to tell you to explain that. Yeah. 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 So Fitzroy cool. is the famous mountain on the border of Chile and Argentina. It's the Patagonia. It's the Patagonia. Exactly. Yeah. It's the Patagonia label. I lived in Chile for a long time. Uh, it's a beautiful mountain. And all of the mountains in Scotland, over 3,000 feet, are named as the Monroes. Oh, so I didn't our know daughter that. is named Monroe. I knew she was named after a mountain range. Mountains. It's, in, it's yeah. in Scotland. All of the mountains over 3,000 feet in Scotland. So yeah. 3,000 feet is high in Scotland? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Ish. You know, it's it's all right. It's like the Appalachian right. equivalent kind of thing. Yeah. Same mountain range. Anyway, um, so I, I, I'm in a book club. I'm into literature. I'm a literature. You're very well spoken. Yeah, so yeah. You're, I'm a nerd. you're way more educated. I'm a nerd. You're very well spoken. Yeah. <laughs> and so we we read a book called On Trails recently. Are you yeah. guys familiar with it? I've heard of you it. You heard of it? Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And he's traced the concept of what a trail is from biological single cellular organisms yeah. through ants through humans to internet connectivity all these kind of things and my book club my buddy joe and kevin and i we met at the trail you know the trail that starts kind of down there at the boathouse and yeah, goes yeah, down yeah. to woodlands tavern i've run that many yeah, times exactly yep. and we just walked it while talking about this book because why not you're reading a book on trails and my question was, well, how far does this thing go? And I looked it up and, oh, crap, it goes to Cincinnati and it goes to Cleveland. Oh, so the Old Tangy Trail is part that of this? That is part of that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah cool. no, so it literally like less than a mile from oh, here. We'll definitely resupply We'll resupply it. We'll yeah, be on the we'll, side. We'll be. Well, I'm going to take a few rest days at the house <laughs> with my kids. You know, that's part of the reason why I can probably do this. Yeah. Thanks, babe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was just kind of looking into that. But a cool thing about reading this book is sort of that separation of the concept of wilderness and nature. And, you know, we're, we're animals. We are. You really need to read Sapiens. By you do I, need to I, read I, Sapiens. I'm going to, yeah. yeah. We're animals. And, like, we have created our environment much like every <clears throat> other animal has created yeah. ours. And even natural, quote, natural environments, it's still kind of artificial in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always loved travel. I've loved lightweight travel. You've I been all over the places. world. And that's a passion of mine, too. And it's sort of like combining the idea of adventure trekking and backpacking with travel and lightweight travel is kind of intriguing to me. Yeah. And, I mean, granted, I prefer an alpine trail. I prefer, you know, class three ridge. Yeah. To a, that's absolutely amazing. Over walking through Ohio. But I also like seeing cities and people and yeah. interacting and, and doing those things. And so why not start combining the concept of 
backpacking and through hiking with urban trails this and with the, these beautiful metro parks that we have all around us. Yeah, this is that that same trail that went through where our sister lived. Yeah, it starts right by Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, it starts right down there on the river. And so, so it's kind of an idea that you know you can do a trail like this largely with a day pack. You can eat at restaurants, gas stations, stay at hotels, or camp out. You should eat at a gas station every day. (laughs) Do the roller dog every day. You're basically going to be a homeless person. (laughs) That's not just a through hike goal. That's a life goal. (laughs) (laughs) What is your so? What is your time frame for doing this? You know, on a trail like this, I'm I'm going to do some some training, some workout, but yeah. I think I can probably average 25, 30 miles a day. Yeah, if it's flat, on like a flat paved yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's just about length of time, you know, yeah. and you, it's summer, summer, early fall, you know, that kind of timeline. How many, at, like so. how many, so, so what's the total mileage again? 326. 326. Yeah. yeah. So how many days do you think this will take you with rest days, et cetera? Yeah, so I think walking days will be 11 or 12 days of walking. And I... That's bold, Scott. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's, aggressive. That's 25 plus miles a day. Yeah. Yes. However, some rest days in there. You got to go through those green areas right there. And there's some hills there. I should pull this up on the (laughs) screen. Hills in there. Yeah, Yeah. please bring that up. Uh, So... To Erie Trail. Yeah. The nice thing is that I'll, I'll do some days. So I figure three, four, maybe five days... At a trot before for a rest, taking day. some rest, and the first one is 120, yeah, whatever it is, 120 miles to Columbus. This so is I literally first, walk to Columbus leg. and like stay with my kids for three or four days. This is cool, and then get though. back on the trail. Yeah, let me walk uh, to let me, Millersburg. Probably yeah. meet my wife at a B and B up in Millersburg for a couple of days, and then walk to Cleveland. Up. So three yeah. sections. I do like how like as I'm following this, it's like it's on an, a rail line. That is pretty cool. Yeah, you're gonna have some sketchy camping though. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of like urban stealth camping. Yeah. If camping, you're gonna want to hide. Right, so every, gonna every, stay at the holiday. <laughs> everybody, right, everybody watching, you can see the screen now. Yeah. So the Erie, Ohio to Erie Trail basically start uh, the southern terminus is Cincinnati, yep. and the northern terminus is Cleveland, and it goes right through Columbus. Um, so basically you're saying the first leg here is 120 miles from Cincinnati up to Columbus. You're going to be going through some hilarious stuff. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so hilarious. <laughs> you're going to be camping next to Ikea. <laughs> some, some London, Ohio. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be you interesting. Should, should, I have no idea what to do. You should go. not camping. You should go in July. I may not camp at all. I mean, it may be the Holiday Inn Express this, and uh, the Speedway, is, you know. That's, this, is, this is hitchhiking without getting in a car. <laughs> Basically. That's no, it's cool. Going. Yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. Um, I, uh, so you're going to think about doing this this summer. Yeah. Maybe it sounds like a couple weeks is like kind of yeah. the, the yeah. time frame. Yeah, absolutely. Two, three weeks total. You're going to have to let us know. We'll join you. We're going yeah, to meet you on part of this. Yeah, sure. yeah we'll, we'll do this section of meet downtown me in London. Columbus. <laughs> it, go, it goes through like actual wilderness. Absolutely. A please, few uh, parks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, please, yeah. please camp in like downtown Columbus under an underpass <laughs> or something. I'm, I'm yeah. looking at where it goes in Columbus. You're right. It goes... Along the side of Iowa, dude, you're going through the hilltop, bro. Yep. yep. <laughs> Gonna hit that during the daytime. Look, it's right next to the casino. <laughs> yeah. I may stop by some there. slots. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> or you can just stay and gamble for, all night. I mean, you don't people, really have to sleep. For people unfamiliar with Columbus, this is going through the worst part of Columbus. <laughs> 
That's why I go through it in the daytime. I might want to run that one. That's awesome, Scott. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, this will be cool. So then it goes through Columbus. Okay, I see. I see. Up the Olentangy yeah, right. Trail. Right. 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 That's very cool, man. Oh, right next to Costco there at Easton. Yeah, you there can you resupply go. at Costco. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> this Get a is pork cool. shoulder. I'll be very curious how much of this is paved bike path versus oh, it's, 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 it's roughly, so it, just they by say looking just at it, under 50 miles of road. Okay. It, where you bad. connect. And I think the longest section was something like nine miles. Okay. But most of them are like, really? you, you know, That's it's like a bad. mile or That's two to connect to trail. And then it's all like the Olentangy path or the Scioto path or the, you know. Oh, this, this, you're getting into some real yeah. woods here. Good Absolutely. luck on the 30 miles a day through that. Up to Millersburg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, Scott, 30 miles, dude. So yeah. that's, that's going to be t- challenging through here. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's still, it's Ohio. It's still That's true. It's not, it's and, not like, yeah, and the thing yeah. is, in the summertime, it's not about pace and speed. It's about time. So yeah. You wake up at 6, 37 in the morning, you start walking. I'm you don't, at, you don't camp where, with I, us. I'm looking at where you end. <laughs> and yeah, you end up right at the right, Yeah, right the there beach, on the beach in Cleveland. The beautiful scenic Cleveland, Lake Ohio. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah, that is cool. Um, what what part of the summer, like when, it, when are you actually trying to do this? I haven't. Absolutely no idea. But that, that that would be cool, like a bike packing trip. Because you could this do looks that, like, like it's like built for bike packing. You yeah. could do like a week. It's absolutely built for yeah. bicycles. I'm just figured I'm gonna walk it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that we cool. were you gotta put this on YouTube. Yeah. So actually, I was planning that. I'll probably hit you guys up for some uh, cross promotional activities. Hey, but oh. I'm going to effectively launch endeavors endeavor on youtube oh. by uh well this is a perfect uh, doing this i, I also i'm going to make some of my own gear and i'm going to oh, let's talk do about a that full gear review of everything yeah like and last time we urban talked trekking pack last time we talked to you in in the brewery you you had showed us some of your homemade gear yep um all right, can i have a beer and and real quick, we're at a stopping point, and I, I uh, do we have I, do we have some uh, comments well, here? Gary B says, "Any chance you can wish my daughter Addison happy seventh birthday? She's a huge fan and is watching. Thanks, guys. Of course, oh, of course. Happy birthday, Addison! Happy birthday, happy Addison! Birthday. Happy birthday! Um, Thanks for watching. Thank you for watching. Love it. Hopefully, you're a little too young to be you're drinking a little bourbon." Too young. <laughs> Have some juice. Yeah. Have a Capri Sun. Yeah. Nice Capri Sun. Nice. Yeah. We're a family friendly show here. Except most of them. Yeah. Um, all right. Okay. All right. We're switching from hard liquor. On on the seven seven year old birthday note, we're switching from hard liquor <laughs> to beer. Um I, yeah, I was like, I, I Scott's doing a big long distance trail. No, that's actually really cool. Very cool. Yeah. I want, oh. I want to try this. What is that? The banana it's hammock? It's the banana hammock. I've had that. Yeah, let me have the banana. Um, okay, so. All right. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Okay. Because last time last time I went and bought a ton of beers from you, this was not available. That's correct. We recently canned this out. So what do we got here? This is our hammock. It's I a already found the Sasquatch. Banana. Ha- banana hammock. Love it. Okay. Banana well, daiquiri. I get, it. I get it. Wait. Hazy IPA. Okay. I know I'm going to love this. Oh, there's so, the Sasquatch. Andy found the Sasquatch, too. We had a Sasquatch, or a Sasquanoidal species, Sasquai, <laughs> on all of our cans here in our Icelandic saga. He's climbing up the side yeah, of the volcano. Yeah. Right there. And Dude, If people are not familiar with Endeavor's beers, 
There's a hidden sasquinoid on all the cans, so you can find it. And, and and everything. Well, on our on our liquor, we hide the Loch Ness monster because with an odd to did, Scottish did, cryptonoid. Did you did you hide it on the merch at all? Um, some of them, yes. So we not on this one, not on that one, but yes, on this, multiple. Okay, we actually had a T-shirt during lockdown that was the. That's damn good. Um, That's really good. It was the social distancing champions. Yeah. <laughs> that was Sasquatch riding Nessie on a body of water as a logo. Dude, that is so good. Yeah. So and that's almost seven percent. It's it's fruity. It's six point nine percent alcohol as a banana hammock. Dude, that's, that's really good. Very obviously very solid banana flavors. Yeah, and it's very refreshing. So here's the this thing: is, this is so good. This beer has no bananas. Is no clove. There's no nothing way. like that. It's from thing. the hops, right? Or the yeast? It's from the yeast, yeah. yeah. So what mm. we did, a lot of people that are making hazy IPAs. Everybody. There's a, there's everybody's a great making them. The, 10 the to 20% of the hazy IPAs in the market are good beers mm-hmm. from a technical point of view. And the rest are not. They're just bad beers. And a lot of breweries are stirring crap into the beer. To like Some of it. them stir in baking flour. Oh, like King Arthur flour oh, or maltodextrin like to make it hazy. To make it hazy, really? Oh. Yes. Or they're putting so much hot particulate into it that it's creating this like you know when you get your your teeth feel gritty. Yeah, if you drink a beer that's hazy, where it's like you get this grassy vegetal kind of yeah. grossness. Yeah. That's, that's what that's flour. Sometimes, sometimes it's too much hot particulate because. A lot of them just are not good. So what we did, we have good brewing equipment. We are one of the few breweries with a three-vessel system that has full. This is so good. Yeah. Full I've never had control. this. We have a brewmaster who knows what the heck. I've had all your beers yeah. other than this one. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. And so what we did was we made an IPA recipe, but then we used a Hefeweizen yeast. Mm-hmm. Is that where Which the banana? has is that the, the banana, banana clove flavors. Yeah. Okay. And also remains in suspension. So it makes it naturally hazy and cloudy. We don't have to add anything. And we have good equipment. So we don't have to have bad equipment to make a hazy beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's actually a pretty it's really good, good, really unique beer. It's sort of a hybridization of different styles. And that's kind of what we're all about. It's really hybridizing good. things. It's a comment says 6.9 banana hammock. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's a lot Wait, of good why, comments. Why is that yeah. funny? There's a lot of good comments. We're trying to get to them. Um, a lot of good comments. I I want to talk to. I want to talk about what gear you're making for this. For the the trail, yeah. yeah. Well, we've talked about doing a trail a little ourselves. No, no, I mean so. for your eerie your eerie trail. You said you're going to make some of your own gear. Oh, some of my own gear. I thought yeah, you said yeah. beer. I I mean, well, beer that well, gear. we can talk yeah. about that yeah, too. Because uh, I still, I still want to do that. It's popped open an Icelandic saga. I, I've had that as well. As well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you um, still? Are you still making that? Uh, is that a full time beer now? You know. Okay. Al- yes. Alex is in the chat, wafering Wes, and he says, "You know, Alex. He's from REI." Oh yeah. Hey, Alex. Yeah. He says Kristen says she misses the old Icelandic saga. I, I see. I don't know what that means. Okay, so you can tell Alex, Alex, Alex. Kristen. So what happened was we had a supplier issue back a little more than a year ago where we made a batch of Icelandic and we had used one particular malt, uh, which is a barley. And 
the supplier was out of it and they didn't know when they were going to get it back in. So our brewmaster asked the malt supplier, well, what do you have that would serve as potentially an alternative? And they suggested a particular malt. And so we used that malt and it ended up being a very different character (laughs) for a batch of beer. And so that single batch of saga was different. It wasn't bad. Yeah. And some people actually preferred it, but we preferred it too. And I'm sure Kristen preferred the other one. And then, so what's in cans right now, what we currently have is again, that original batch, but we had that one batch that I think is probably what she's referring to. That was a little bit different. It was a little bit darker, a little bit hazier. That was because of the one substitute grain that our malt supplier suggested would work, and it just didn't. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so sometimes we deal with being able to get relatively small quantities of certain supplies, and they're not always 100% available. So you have to kind of roll with the punches and see what you can get sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. You don't think about how that supply of that key ingredient can influence the final product, but it it makes Total. total sense. Absolutely. Oh, man. It's a headache. This is really good, though. Yeah, this is delicious, actually. Um, okay, so to my initial question. Yes. For your Ohio to Erie through hike, what kind of gear are you going to make? So, definitely making a quilt. Oh. and What, what time of year again? Summer. Okay. So, I've, I've made quilts in the past. I um, didn't know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, when I did my kind of divide... Trek from New Mexico to Colorado. Oh, we haven't talked about that. Um, I made my own gear. <laughs> Just so what? The big three, I guess you'd say, I made myself. And right. all the little details and stuff like that. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely doing a quilt. I'm going to make my son a quilt with him. I'm going to let him choose the colors, the fabric, and all that That's stuff cool. for his thing. Um, I'm a huge quilt guy if it's anything other than big, cold mountaineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm in a quilt. And I'm also a tarp guy. Like, I... Your tarp camper? Oh yeah, uh, tents on big mountains in snow. But other than that, I'm a tarp guy. Really? Tarp, tarp July, Ohio. That's a bold call. That's bold. You gonna oh ha- for mosquitoes? Yeah, yeah. you're gonna have well, you can bugs have a nest in, in your ears. Yeah. I mean that's why you have a little nest that goes under the tarp. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah there's there's sense. different yeah. ways to have insect protection. Right. You know, the other thing about this kind of trip is I'll be relying on hotels. Yeah, I'm yeah. literally gonna stay at the Best Western Holiday Express. <laughs> like, why not? Many, it's right there. I'm gonna many, spend the fifty nine dollars. How many you know? nights do you think you're gonna be in the woods versus in a hotel? Well, in theory, I could do the entire trip with never sleeping in the woods. Really? That'd be expensive. Exactly. Yeah. So, and I'm gonna want a stealth camp. I'm gonna want an urban camp a little right, bit. Right. So it's more about. Is there none of this trail that's in the actual woods? I mean, I'm sure there is. <laughs> I'll be going through some. Some areas. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be tarp camping in a Walmart parking lot? <laughs> well, no. You just set up in the corner in the shop, shopping cart. You know, you turn it over and, you know, it's, it's good. Um, so, I mean, the, the concept is it's largely an emergency kit, you know. Okay. So, I okay. want to keep that down to the bare minimum. Yeah. And if if you get too tired and you're five miles or ten miles away from that, that destination where you can get to, then you should be able to sneak off and stealth yeah, camp yeah, and yeah. just sleep yep you know and then wake up and hike so it's it's pretty minimal okay i'm not talking about setting up a camp right you know, right, right or doing right. anything like that right. it's more about stealth right on the low down more of an emergency setup so super ultra light this is gonna be a light light kit yeah. light kit especially Very if it's kit. in the summer 
Yeah, and and especially because you're relying on food elsewhere, you're yeah. not going to have to carry. This much. is going to be super light. Super light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Um, so I'm looking at. I'm going to do some testing on some a few backpacks that I already have. Um, I may take one of those. I may make my own. Yeah, going to do some testing of a few different road trail runner shoes, few equipments, uh, tarps, some tents, some different kind of things. You know, it's and, all. It's almost like you you would want. Ex- what you said, like road running shoes over like absolutely over like trail shoes, the thick padding. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it's on paved surfaces yeah. and you don't need any lug. You don't need yeah. any, anything. It's just, you need padding. Are you like, how many, like, are you going to be like taking camping food with you? Like backpacking food? Are you being like, I'm going to subway. Tonight. <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. I, that's a question I'm going to answer as Dude. I get more into okay. it. 20, 27 miles a day. I'm going to McDonald's yeah. every night. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's a taco bell. <laughs> just like, I'll just order pizza. <laughs> I'm going to get breakfast at Cracker Barrel. Cause it's right there. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I think as I, as I flesh out the trail a little bit okay, more and like plan it, it I'm going to, uh, this is just a grand idea right now. Yeah, and I've yeah. done some very <clears throat> rough research. I know that I'm roughly dividing into three sections. There's roughly Cincy to Cleveland or Cincy to Columbus, mm-hmm. Columbus to Millersburg, okay. Millersburg to Cleveland. And those are all roughly a hundred and I was going to ask you what three miles, sections were. You know. Okay. And so each I'll plan on major rest resupplies at all at Columbus and at Millersburg. Okay. And so really you have three, four, five days between each of those sections. Yeah, and, and you're so right. Like you can you can get food pretty much anywhere. Pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Like every ten miles you have a place to get food. Dude, That's I would cool. I would never be eating camping food. We we'd be yeah. going to Whack Arnold's every night. I mean if I'm if I'm hiking <laughs> twenty five miles a day. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. and in the morning for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, let's yeah. let's do it. And I, I'm a big fan. Like when you're covering distance, when you're when you're through hiking stuff, I I don't like eating where you camp. It's different when you go out on a weekend trail. It's different when it's a social yeah. trail. When it's a week long thing, you're with your buddies. Like that's all about the campsite. Yeah, yeah. and you set it up. You bring your chairs. You know, yeah, you, bring, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. You bring your tents. Um, you you hang out. You make it about food. You make it about fun and you bring some beer you bring some whiskey when you're on a through hike yeah. when you're that kind of mentality where you're you're covering mileage you're, you have a goal yeah, yeah, of a yeah. to b you don't do that stuff yeah and it's more about you you wake up and honestly when you're hiking you wake up early i want to walk an hour or two before i eat yeah and then you come to a water source and you cook your breakfast then you hike through the day you come to a water source you have your dinner then you hike a couple hours and then you camp. You camp. That's the most efficient way to carry weight because you're not carrying your weight of breakfast yeah. and dinner from a water perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the best way to cover that makes big sense. distances. Most efficient way. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also the most comfortable, I yeah. think. And then when you're camping, you're not dealing with cooking smells for wildlife yeah. and other kind of things. So you typically don't have any issues with mini bears. Or big bears or anything like that. The, uh, mini bears. Or mini bears. The, raccoons. Yeah. The, uh, porcupines. The problem with this hot, this hot tent yeah. is you cook on you cook in the tent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good bear country. We were we were not cooking a good polar bear country. Yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we were cook we were cooking barbecue in it the other week because you just have this like cooking service and we're like yeah this is not good for bears. But something uh, you just brought up that I want to ask you about is what's the like water. What's the water availability like on this? Scioto. 
So not like, are you going to be on the Siona like, like with the homeless people filtering water? I seriously hope not. Um, so we'll see. So I know that a lot of the rails and trails bike paths do have water fountains, yeah, yeah, things yeah. in the way, right? You have gas stations with soda fountains and you can buy a bottle of Aquafina, you know, yeah, or that's true. They're, you know, whatever. So again, I, I don't think I'm going to have to carry a lot of water weight. I'm going to have to get more into the micro of specific mileage. Yeah. But I mean, if you're just talking about the food or the water you have to carry in a single day, it's just water weight. Yeah, come on! You're much. carrying a gallon of water. Yeah. It's not that much. That's true. Day. That's true. Watch, Especially when your kid is so light. Watch you. You're gonna pick like the hottest stretch of the summer to do this. Well, the thing is, yeah. the, what I'm thinking about too is like, in in a lot of this, like your water's gonna be runoff from like farmlands and stuff. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. gross. Kind of weird, gross stuff. But yeah. that's true of many hiking yes. trails yes. throughout the United yes. States. Yes, let's it, be honest. It, it, no. Totally true. Yeah. Like, go to the Grayson Highlands yeah. right, with the pony piss pools. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've done yeah. that. Yeah. 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 That's okay. Or at New Mexico, kind of middle divide with the troughs. Of yeah, the I've seen troughs. that. Yeah. Have you yeah. done You've done you did that. that, right? I, no. So I just did the last couple miles of New Mexico in the Colorado. So in Colorado, you don't have that issue, but in New Mexico. How much of the CDT did you do? A little over 500 miles. So let's Wait. talk about that. Oh, okay, hold on a second. So you did it all through Colorado, right? Correct. So you definitely passed by the part where oh. the lady saw the so, Sasquatch. Okay. Ooh, we were in. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, 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 let's talk about this. All right, so first off, people watching, we cut this out as a clip on the Backcountry BSing channel. Yes. So when we were talking to Jeff Meldrum, Doctor Meldrum, my hero, but I was like, I was like, Doctor, what is like the most? I was like, there's been so many people that have said they've had these like Bigfoot encounters. Like, what is the most credible in your eyes? And he's like, he told us a story. Do you remember where it was in Colorado? He wasn't specific. There was a, it was 2003. There was a, a woman who was an ex lawyer who was on the Continental Divide Trail in Colorado. Did he, did he tell us where it was in no, Colorado? But you know what? Maybe we need to talk to Dr. Meldrum because he's like, <laughs> oh, it was a few miles off the trail. You, you couldn't get to it. Anyway, yeah. this woman who was an ex lawyer or whatever was goat camping. In the in the CDT hmm. in Colorado, goat camping. Yeah, yeah it's like goats. It's a. It's like actually. A, it's, it's actually like kind a of. Shepherd? It's kind of like no. It's it's like kind of a hot thing to do right now, like hmm. pack goats. Oh, hey, you should bring some goats on the Ohio to Erie Trail. A llama. Llama makes more sense. Would be cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, he was like, um, you can read all about if you go watch our podcast with him. We have a clip where he talks about this. Her name was like Joan Davis. Anyway. It was in Colorado on the CDT, and this woman, she saw two. Yeah. Two Sasquai. Yeah. Is that Sasquai? Plural for Sasquai. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it, I, he didn't say where it was in Colorado. Well, right? He just oh. said off the CDT in Colorado. So this woman was hiking the CDT. Yeah. Okay. Let's reach out to Joan Davis, and let's go there. Let's, let's go, go there. Go there. Go there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. seriously. Like, I'm out in Colorado. And she said two. Like, yeah, like yeah. as it like they she were said social the, beings. The goats were going, were restless. She comes out of her tent, one Sasquatch, and it was right behind there. a tree like this. And then the other one was back there, Interessante. as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, and, and they kind of looked at each I'll other. And, and, and Meldrum said that the 
Sasquatch were kind of like interested, not from like a, like I'm going to eat the goats, but like, what is that? Yeah. I want to go to there. Yes. So there, uh, so, um, Oh, the Z-Pax link. No, there, so there was a, they, they did a whole article on her. Wow. Um, it was in the Denver. It was in like the Denver, not the Denver Post. Post. No, no, no. It was not any legitimate news outlet. The Sasquatch Chronicle in the Evergreen. <laughs> yeah, my parents have a place there and uh, they, that exists. Uh, Go to the Sasquatch Outpost in Bailey, Colorado. They'll tell you all about it. Uh, what was her name? Because we'll uh, we we Googled it like live with him and, and, and they had like a, they had like a, a, a police sketch artist meet with her and, and it, it looked just like Chewbacca from Star Wars. <laughs> like, no joke. Well, Chewbacca is basically a Sasquatch. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> but it was funny because I pressed him. I was like, dude, you must have heard like of all these people, these counts, like yeah. what is the most credible one? And it was because of this woman and like how credible she seemed. Sure. I just um, think it's real weird because I asked him, I said like, did, did she give like coordinates like roughly? And they're like, Oh no, it was so far off the trail. Like you, and I was like, that's a little weird answer. That's weird. Yeah. yeah Cause we can get there. Yeah. Like I mean, if sure. she's walking there with a bunch of goats off of the CDT, like anybody can sure. get there. Sure. So right. anyways, we need to uh, figure this out. Oh God. Don't give me a paywall. I'm trying <laughs> to bring this up on this, on the screen here. Um, Anyway, anyway, this relates to Castle your C- Did you see any? Did you see any Bigfoot on your CG? <laughs> I, 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 I saw moose and marmots and pika. Any and bears? Elk. Uh, no bears on. The, I've That's seen surprising. bear. None on the CDT actually. Well, I've seen them in Colorado, but none on that so, particular yeah. track. As a as a person that has a strong ties to Colorado, how do you feel about the wolf reintroduction? Oh, let's go to Colorado. Let's go yeah. there. I love it. Oh, oh, okay. Wow, I wasn't yeah. expecting that. Good. No, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I, I naturally am inclinated toward wolves. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I also studied ecology in college. And yeah. Bio, EPO, you know. Um, First and, off, if people are asking if your whiskey or beer is available out of state or in the Dayton area, I said. Not. In Dayton, uh, not so it's all local, but okay. we can actually ship within Ohio. Okay, and we're going to start that service pretty soon for our beer, our liquor. There's a recent law that was just signed in, and starting in April, we can start delivering directly to consumers oh. whole bottles oh. of liquor. Okay, which is really cool. So Dewine signed that into effect soon. Um, it's really hard to ship liquor interstate. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, Sorry, at some point, maybe in the near future, okay. you know, states are starting to. You got to drive. You got to uh, drive to Ohio. Gary's asking, do they distribute in the Dayton area? Sounds like we don't distribute in the Dayton area. We're only in the Colum- Greater okay. Columbus Sorry, area. Gary. But Dayton yeah. is forty-five minutes. To Gary, come away, to Columbus, so. man. Yeah, yeah, come on down. Bring visit. your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, it sounded creepy. It did sound really creepy. Happy birthday. So do you think the wolf population will have Back a, to a negative effect on the Sasquai in Colorado? Uh, I mean, Sasquanoid species might be impacted by the, uh, <laughs> so do the you, Canis okay. lupus. All right. so, 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 hey, first off, great scientific nomenclature for dogs, Canis lupus. It's true. Okay, l- l- let's, let's talk about Bigfoot. 
So like personally, and, and I told, I told Dr. Meldrum this, like oh. I'm not like a Bigfoot guy, no. but like if you told me, like if none of this Bigfoot stuff existed and you told me if there was a scientific <laughs> publication that came out and said, Hey, we found a, a really isolated hominid. species yep. of hominid in like the Canadian Rockies. I that like, was great. Sure. Closely related to like Homo habilis or, you know, you're reading species, you know what I'm yeah. talking about. Homo oh, erectus. Sapiens. Hold on. Fun fact. Homo sapiens are, are not the most successful hominoids. Correct. Anyway. Homo erectus is. Homo erectus. Two if, million if, years. If, yeah. if you told me that, that you would have found something like that, I'd be like, that makes total sense. Yeah, like it, Like, it, like yeah. there are tribes of people in the Amazon who have yeah. been totally untouched. But yeah. the whole, like, sensationalism and, yeah. like, all the crazy people that oh, do this. Oh, there's a lot of crazy people. Yeah. I've really kind of tainted it a little bit. <laughs> did they taint? <laughs> yeah. Grundle. Was she fun bridge? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. You know, it's it's a sort of deal where, does Bigfoot exist? I have no idea. It's fun to think yeah. about. It's really fun. It's super fun. It's a super fun joke. Yeah. And again, from a from a, from a biological point of view, kind of like what you were saying, if there's, if there's a crypto hominid and potentially multiple crypto hominids, so multiple, multiple cultures have expressed yeah. legends and stories of... Have you read? Various. Have you read Meldrum's book? You should. I haven't. I, it I, talks I, I about this. To. Very cool. So yeah. you go to the Yeti. You go to the, in Russia. They call it something in Mongolia, something else, and in the United States, Sasquatch, Sasquanoid, Sasquatch, Big Feet. You know, it are those the same? Are they different, or are they actually simply stories and legends remembered as well? Is another possibility. Yeah. Um. You you talk about so, so. Beowulf. Right? <laughs> uh, if you guys know Michael Crichton, the writer of oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, I've seen it. Have you seen 13 Warriors? 13th Warrior. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I read the book. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. The Eaters of the Dead, yep. right? And so the whole premise of that was that the Beowulf legend was Grendel was a multiple, it was a clan of Neanderthal yeah. living simultaneously Ant past when they were supposed uh, to go extinct. Antonio Banderas. Antonio. Have you seen this? No, I have no oh, yeah, idea what you're talking about. Fantastic. <laughs> I literally have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll explain just smile and nod. Just smile. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, nice. kind of the concept that you could potentially uh, have Antonio Neanderthal. Antonio Banderas fights a bunch of Neanderthals. <laughs> Basically. Okay. Yes. The concept is, and it's a super, and uh, if you're, if anyone, if you're reading Sapiens like you are, you're going to come across this. No, I know about Neanderthals. No, I, yeah, the, the concept is, and this is not a concept, it's been proven, um, and it's super trippy to think about, but there, at, at a point in history, there were multiple species of humans yeah, that existed at the same no, time. No, there was Correct. dozens of species Which of is humans. crazy. Yeah. And there was yeah. interbreeding. That's yes. the craziest thing. So, well, there's a little bit. Like, oh, there's yeah. there's probably more. No, I, mean, they, I the, know there's well probably, but like genetics show like six percent of our DNA comes from other like yeah, but that's just the people who survive, and it depends yes, on yes, different true. different people. So one we're some going, COVID deep some, some COVID deep. research banging around Neanderthals. <laughs> no, <laughs> and and erect, Homo erectus and yeah. like Homo. You like say banging all these yeah, things? Yeah, banging Homo erectus. Yes, Homo erectus with it, the six point nine percent. Yeah. But like they all, they all interbred, right? I mean, um, to a to a 
point like in, yeah. and who knows you know so we have genetic data and we have archaeological data we have all kinds of different stuff um the the point being is that there was absolutely some yes. interbreeding between yes. Neanderthal For, and sapiens. Yeah, there right. was. That's sure. proven. Right. That's, that's that is proven. That's out there right now. And actually, yeah. some of the COVID imagine? research, <laughs> some of the COVID research is actually really suggesting. And I don't know how proven this is. I don't know. It's still very yeah. much circumspect, but. They're suggesting that a higher percentage of Neanderthal DNA, you might have a higher percentage of having severe COVID reactions. Interesting. In in I, just natural antibodies I, or who the viral. hell? Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to know or understand. Well, I mean, <laughs> sure well, I mean, one of the things that they attribute to Neanderthals is that way more. Physically they're they're tough, bigger. They're bigger. Physically tough. They're bigger. They're smaller groups, physically tougher, but I mean, there's a bunch of theories why sapiens became like more. Prominent. Have you got to the Have you got to the pygmy pygmies yet? A little the, bit. The hobbits. The, the little yeah, guys. a little bit. The little a little guys bit. on the Mediterranean. But, yeah, but but it it comes down to this whole thing of like Neanderthals were bigger, stronger. Um, well, jokes on them. Yeah. We beat them out. Yeah, but it, it all came down to this. Capacity, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, Cranial we, capacity. We, we bang their women. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them. It is, it is weird to me. Like, I cannot fathom a time where there are multiple species of hominids. There was like dozens. There was dozens. Like, how, how weird is that? Yeah. Like, you know, like it, it's something that's so natural to see in other species. Like, Tons of species of birds, sure. tons of species of, of reptiles, different species of bears. Wanna, like that's something that's like so. You want to know something? We have primates. You want to know something right, more right. crazy? Tons of species of primates. Yeah. Is that some of these species of sapiens even traveled across oceans at the same time to go to Australia? Crazy, nuts. Crazy. Yeah, they're all banging each other, <laughs> trading mean, seashells with each other. <laughs> what else would you do in that raft? Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how we got to this topic of conversation. Folks, you got to read Sapiens. It's, it's, it's life-changing. We, we're going to make a beer with a depiction, a depiction of well, a raft with Sapiens banging each other. It plays into like what is Bigfoot. Yeah. And the, the predominant theory is Bigfoot is one of these species of Sapiens. No, that, no, not Sapiens. Primates. That's right. Correct. Yeah. Uh, 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 homo. of. Uh, not, no, but it's not a, a it's not a primate. I mean, it's a yeah. primate. It's like we're primates. Australopithecus. Yeah, yeah. like well, it's something. a it's to, um, to be fair, nobody knows. No, but, knows. but it's a it's a it's a species like us that has remained it's a in, hominid, a hominid, but not a sapien, a bipedal yeah. hominid, it's not a homo that has. No. <laughs> um, but like 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 those forests of like the Canadian Rockies, like oh. you don't know what's out there. <laughs> no, There's you miles don't. of nothing. You don't. Yeah. Now, when he told me they're everywhere where black bear are, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm dude, like, no. I'm like, we got black bear like a hundred miles away from here. There's no Bigfoot. I mean, that's what he said. He's like, basically anywhere where there's black bear, you hmm. could have Bigfoot. Get, get and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm with you. But like, we got black bear like 50 to 70 miles away from here. And there's yeah. no, we got Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe know. maybe Mothman. Mothmen. Mothmen. Yeah, maybe Mothman um, was a and Andy and I tell the story. First, we gotta go backpacking. You you gotta yeah, come back. Absolutely. Um I know we come in the hot tent. 
way better. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like it 15 awkward. degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah, we could fit you in there. Nice. Now, we have, we have, uh, and we talked about this with Dr. Meldrum. We've heard some weird shit out there. Yeah. Um, and we've, we've talked about on this podcast extensively. Have you heard any, any, uh, anything? I mean, you yeah. got a lot more hiking experience you, than we do. You, I mean, you definitely hear weird stuff. Right? And, and, and you've been places. So I asked Meldrum, I was like, dude, is the abominable snowman and Bigfoot the same thing? And he's like, yeah. And you've been places where they're potentially abominable snowmen. Well, you know, and, and the way I kind of see that is like looking at it from a biological evolutionary point of view, you go to different continents that have been separated by time. Yeah. And you have different species that are similar <coughs> providing the same ecological niche. Okay. So you have marsupials in Australia, yeah. you have, you know, deer and you have llamas or camels or, you know, wherever you're going, you have things that are similar, but slightly different biologically. And to me, if Sasquinoids exist, it's probably something like that. So the, the Yeti, the abominable snowman that's in Asia is probably not exactly the same thing. That's the North American Sasquatch. Yeah. But it's probably a similar cryptid, hominid, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's probably evolved or existed separately from an ecological. Because there's no way Sasquatch or Yeti are getting on an international <laughs> flight and interbreeding. They've just been separated for thousands right. of years. If they, if they exist, there's no way they're interbreeding and have become the same thing. You know? Yeah. Well, the one that lives in Lake's Lake Vesuvius <laughs> is a little interesting. Have you been to Vesuvius? Um, we got to take you there. There's a, there's a Sasquatch there. There's something that makes. I mean, so you Lake bang Ves on trees. So Lake Vesuvius is like it's black bear country, it's like, kind of. It's like ten miles from where the Mothman is. Mothman okay. prophecies. Okay. Yeah. And every time Andy and I go there, I mean, in reality, I think it's some sort of bird. Yeah. <laughs> there's like no, it's, the craziest sound we hear at like one or two a.m. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Lake Vesuvius, Lake Vesuvius terrifying. Yeah, we talk about it every podcast. All right, <laughs> yeah. next last next time I go, I'm bringing the microphone and I'm gonna record it. We're gonna we're gonna hit sticks on trees yeah, and everything. It's terrifying, <laughs> and I always think it's a Mothman, but I'm like, I, maybe it's a Fisher cat. That's yeah. what people seem to think it is. But I'm like, long sea boy doesn't get boring. Brendan <laughs> <Yeah>. Jones <laughs> depicted on the Viking saga no, right no. here. Long sea boy. Actually, hey, can, can I uh, can I get can I get one of those? Of course, of but course. but it is. Uh, in a second, it is crazy to think about though, with all these, with all these homo species in the world, some of Thanks, them were sir. traveling by sea at the same time. I didn't know that. Australia. It's insane. Thank you, sir. I have I mean, the old, I have the OG version of this. Yeah. I had it. Yeah. This is the new version. You have a new can. No, it's the, is it the same can? The same soccer can. Okay. It's the edition, the second one. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to break your thought there on the... No, they were uh, sapi They were homo sapiens. On the Sasquatches. Yeah, they naked were... Naked boats. Uh, and the, there's also, according to the book, there's also evidence that, like, there are many times that homo sapiens tried to infringe on, like, other types of homos... <laughs> homos areas. I bet Sasquatch are just sighting <laughs> and the Canadians. And they get pushed back. <laughs> 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 It's fair. It's fair. Well, no, because they're not wearing all denim. <laughs> all right. When you were on the CDT, what was like, what's the weirdest 
What's the weirdest thing you've heard at night that you can't explain? Oh, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure there was a whole lot. I have a, I have a funny story. You, so okay. My right, buddy, let's, let's my buddy Nick story. and I, we weren't in the CDC, but we were out in Colorado, uh, just before my buddy John got married out there. And we went on that, that five pass loop kind of thing. Okay. I know what that is. You know, yeah, yep. you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, um, and so we were camping under tarp first night and Nick is a little weird about tarps. But I'm, I'm okay. Him, so right. I made him camp on a tarp for this. I like this trip, right? I like I like tarp camping. And so he wakes up at you know, eleven o'clock midnight. He's like, dude, dude, something, something's, something's on my head. Like, oh shit, dude, you're just like whatever. You're, you're I totally <laughs> didn't believe him. I thought he was dreaming. Right. An hour later, something was was licking me. Like, no. Licking me. Yeah. No. 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 I, I again thought he was dreaming, and at some point, third or fourth time, he woke up. I sh- had my headlamp ready and I shined the beam and I saw a porcupine walking away. Oh, really? Like big old porcupine walking away from the tarp just after he had said something was licking my head. Really? Oh, porcupine Definitely. was licking. Yes. Why so would a porcupine a- lick salt? Salt. Salt. Probably okay, salt, yeah. you know? And uh, yeah, we were camping on like one of the, we just hiked in this first night. So kind of right there ne- near a trailhead, you know, okay. more of an existing kind of place. And porcupine was licking his skull, basically. That's yeah. a pretty good story. Pretty funny. And then the best part is we got to the condo. We were ending for my buddy's wedding. There was a porcupine hedgehog boot scraper. In the front oh, nice. I just looked at, <laughs> looked at funny. him, looked at that. He just said, F you, Scott. <laughs> Walked in the door. <laughs> all right. So in all of your outdoors journeys, let's say not the CDT because you've, you've done more. Is there anything super weird that has happened to you that you can't explain? You spent a lot of time outside. Was there tree knocking? UFOs? I mean. Rocks thrown at you? Pine cones? Anything? <laughs> I've never seen anything super weird like that. To really? be honest, I wish I had. <laughs> I wish I could say that, but I... I I guess I'm a pretty rational guy all yeah. in all. And if there's something happening, I'm like, yeah. I'm not jumping to weird conclusions. Yeah. I'm saying I want Sasquatch to believe. Yeah. I want him to exist, but I don't, I don't know that I do. You know. Hey, I, I'm with you. I'm, yeah. It's yeah. fun to talk about. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I told, I told Meldrum this last week. I'm like, listen, regardless of anything with the propagation of people having HD cameras on their phones. It's time. It's we're gonna see it. Yeah. Like this woman in Colorado. Yeah. I, I was like, when did this happen? He's like, 2003. I'm like, Ugh. Uh, before before yeah. camera phones were yeah. like really like propagated. And I'm like, if, if it does exist, we're gonna see it. So BCP before yeah. camera phones. And and by the way, like after that podcast, it's not good. We got black licorice. We got hit up some star annies and stage. Yeah. yeah. We got hit up on Instagram with some, somebody sent us some pictures. Oh, dude, email that to me. All right, we should we should bring that up. We discussed this at the bar. So, okay, so if you're listening to this, you don't know what we're talking about. Last week, uh, check it out. Um, we had Dr. Uh, Jeff Meldrum, who is a Bigfoot guy. Yeah, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. We, there's a bathroom right there, man. It's the studio. Just, uh, Scott, don't, don't rip out any of those cords. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we had a Bigfoot um, expert here, yeah, and he was really good. Check it out. But after that, somebody, one of our listeners, uh, sent us a DM on Instagram, and would you like to explain? Did you email it to me? Yeah, I emailed okay. it to you. I'll bring it up on the screen while you so, explain. I don't want to say the name of the person. That's be- fine. 
but it might be up there on the picture. Okay, <laughs> I'll try to crop but, it out. But this this <laughs> this person works in the forestry industry. I think they're a logger in Oregon. I think you sent it to which? which I texted it to you. Oh, you texted me. Okay, okay, you're good. So this person uh, works in the forestry industry. I think I think that they were a logger in in Oregon, and uh, they uh, noticed one morning when they came to the site. I think he explained it was like 500 yards of tracks down a, a forest road, remote forest road, and they called in biologists and everything. And the biologist, according to the story, hold on, let's uh before okay before yeah. we go anymore here. Sorry, everybody, you're gonna, gonna crop to, this. You're gonna have to yeah, you have to crop it. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna pull it up on the screen now. So, all right. Uh, nope. That okay. There you go. <laughs> all right. What are we looking at? So. According to this person, these tracks were about 500 yards long uh, down a road. In like out, 500 yards of, of tracks, subsequent tracks. Of tracks. Okay. Down, a ro- down a forest road in the middle of Oregon where logging was being done. And there was a, and um, they called in experts to kind of analyze them. Like, uh, I think they were people from like a university. And, of course, no Typical with like. Do we have a time frame for this? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I mean this. At first, when you showed me this, I was like, "Oh, it's a bear." But I, it's, I it's do way I do, too long. I to do be a bear. I do know. In the DM, <laughs> in the DM, they said that that person that shoe is an eleven foot shoe. I'm, I mean, size, size eleven. Size 11 yeah, shoe. eleven foot shoe. I was like, "That's oh, a so, big shoe." Sorry, this bourbon and the whiskey. It's a size eleven shoe. Size eleven shoe. Okay. And uh, so, and I think according to the conversation, the biologist or whoever analyzed it said that this wasn't, they couldn't conclusively say that this was like some type of animal or bear or anything like that. Did you like my squatty potty I have in there? I didn't even know. Did you notice that? Do you know what squatty potty is? Anyway. (laughs) Google it. What's what's in there? So Scott, is this a Bigfoot? (laughs) (laughs) It's, it is a big foot. <laughs> yes. Fair. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's look at this analytically. Sure. Clearly it's, it's a, so bear prints are much shorter. Right. And squatter. Yeah. I mean, you could have a big wide bear print like that. But yeah. Like, but bear prints are not this long. Right. Yeah. Now, no, if, look- if we have to look at toes, I mean, I don't know what this yeah. is. I mean. My thought is the toes are so well yeah. defined. Think right. it's, someone playing? it's kind of sketchy. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe not, but. We'll get Mel. Okay, okay, here's the next question. Why, I'm not a bipedal anthropologist. Why is all of this yeah. stuff happening in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah. Like, all the Bigfoot stuff, like, historically and, is. And, has always been Pacific Northwest. What's that about? Yeah, I don't, I don't get that either. It's just remoteness, I guess. Like, why wouldn't they be in can like uh uh like Canada Canadian Rockies like they're Canadia. all in the yeah. in the Canada they're all in the P the PNW right I mean like that's yeah. where Meldrum's uh, research has been yeah, he's in like Idaho like Idaho. west yeah he said wherever there's black bears it's <laughs> true <laughs> like, oh, we got those in Tennessee buddy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Connecticut yeah. New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> All right. What's the craziest animal encounter you've had on trail? 
Me? Um, no, Scott. I mean, uh, you. the craziest is probably the cutest I've ever had, too. So okay. So I was on the CDT, and I was coming up uh, kind of southwest Colorado. I was Sangre de Cristo. is a little bit northeast of there. And walking on the trail, and there was just a marmot. They're pretty cute. Sitting yeah. like this. Just in a, in a bed of rocks, just sitting there, just like, splay, he was like lounging, splay. spread eagle, just like like he was in a barca lounger recliner, <laughs> like whatever, just hanging out there. And I mean, this was this was in two thousand, I don't know, four, three, two thousand three, two thousand two, something like that. So nice. I had my point and click like disposable oh, camera. Nice, like nice. There, there was no such thing. Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have a cell phone or a GPS on me. GPS at the time didn't have a map on the screen. It was like it gave you a coordinate. So no record of this. No. So I was like literally trying to get my camera out. He was just watching me. And I'm literally like as close to you as I was to this marmot who's sitting on the side of the trail, just sitting there. And just as I got the camera out, he popped over right away. Always. Every time. That's what everybody says about Bigfoot. Yeah. (laughs) No bears, no bear encounters. No, I mean I've, I've definitely seen some, but some not, bear not and out some the, moose. Yeah. Uh, moose are far scarier than bears. Yes, agreed, agreed, agreed. They're far more dangerous. Yes, um, crazy, crazy. I saw snow leopard tracks Whoa. in the Himalayas. Tracks, not the animal, but they crossed our path. We had gone and we That's came back, cool. and they crossed our path, and they weren't there to begin with. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's it was really cool. cool. Yeah, that's that very cool. really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you see cool stuff out there. That's pretty cool. Snow leopard is like, like uh, National Ge- Geographic. Yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. They're one of the most unseen yeah. animals out there. That's pretty cool. Aside from Bigfoot. Ours are <laughs> ours are like deer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've seen bear backpacking. Yeah, um, yeah. We've seen some cool deer. <laughs> some mule deer? Yeah. I, mule uh, deer? Uh, we did we've see seen mule deer. Yeah, in Colorado. Uh, yeah. we, in Colorado, we had elk bugling, which was very cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah. We've seen moose backpacking in Wyoming, yep. which is very it, scary. Yes. Very, I, that at a distance, they're, out. Yeah. they're gorgeous yeah. at a distance. but They're big, dude. Yeah. They're huge. big. Huge. I mean, I've never... So okay, so our legs. I know little stick legs. They're undulates. So our first, our first interaction with moose. um, This is a messed up story. Yeah, so this is kind of interesting. So um, this was 2009. Andy and I were in Wyoming backpacking, and um, I this was our first time doing like a legit backpacking trip. This was my first time backpacking. So it's like my second or third time. Yeah. And um, we were in Wyoming. We were in the Bighorn Mountains of Wyoming, which is eastern Wyoming. Nice. And um, we were going up there, and we saw a a sow with uh, infants, which I didn't know at the time. So we were with a, a dude from Wyoming, and he was like, dude, this is the most dangerous thing you can do with the moose. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I didn't know. We, we were, were pretty far away. We though. were very far away. We, we, had, we were taking pictures and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he was like, this is by far the most dangerous type of moose encounter you can have is with a mom and a baby. Yeah. We're like, cool, whatever. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> so we go up there. We're in the Bighorn Mountains for a few days. And um, I don't think we ever saw any moose when we were up in there. No, we saw the bull moose going up. We saw a bull moose going up. So then um, we're on like night two or night three. And the buddy we were with from Wyoming, 
um, he had to tap out a day early. He's like, Hey, I got to go back to the car. And we're like, yeah, all good. And he, um, he tried to go, this was a nine mile hike up the mountains from the parking lot. And he tried to hike down that night. And there was a, that same bull moose standing in the trail that charged him. And so he came back to camp and scared the shit out of us. Um, and yeah, like, he's and like, like, I can't get down. It's like 11 30. He's like, I can't go down the mountain. He's like, I, I can't, like, I yeah. tried to like walk around it. He's like the bull moose was having none of it. Yeah. And so he had to come back up the mountain and stay an extra night because there was some bull moose and we never encountered that, but that's like the, the scariest moose encounter I've heard firsthand. Yeah. And then we, when we were on Isle Royal, they were everywhere, but we didn't we see never it. Saw them. We never saw them. Wow. Yeah. 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 We, um, so my, my wife, when I was on Denali, she went back down to Anchorage, known as Anchoragua. That's what they call what? it there? Yeah, I mean, Get out of here. Really? I think it's kind of funny. I'm, I, I heard someone call it Anchoragua. It's pretty awesome because Anchorage is kind of a dumpy little town. Yeah. Alaska is amazing. There's moose everywhere. Anchorage, kind of Anchoragua. Really? You know, yeah. yeah. Um, but she picked up a couple of people for her mountaineering class and there was a moose like downtown loose. They're like everywhere, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. In Anchorage. And like, even in Montana, they were like, it was like hitting a car and some shit. I mean, they were like, like they're basically fleeing in a car from a raging moose. Downtown <laughs> Anchoragua, you know, kind of crazy. That's how it is uh, yeah. in Montana, like certain towns yeah. in Montana. They're just like, you're just like at the stop yeah, sign wandering to going to Seven Eleven, and there's a freaking moose there. Yeah. yeah. And if you've if you're listening to this and you've never seen a moose, scary. They're Huge. so big. Yeah. They're so big. I mean, bigger than elk. Obviously bigger than Sasquatch. Yeah. I mean, they're so freaking big. So big. Yeah. Uh, and like it's it, it I didn't realize at the time when we saw one cuz like the female moose are obviously slightly smaller and they don't they don't have they massive don't have racks. racks. Yeah. So you, when you see a female, you're like, oh, yeah, the cute little moose. And you're like, no, no, bitch. Those things yeah. will kill you. Yeah. yeah. When, when when I did a, uh, I did a, an eight-day canoe trip in Ontario. That's right. In every bend we went around on a canoe, there was moose everywhere. Yeah, bull moose in the river feeding. Luckily, it was like July, so not even near the rut, but... They weren't defensive or anything, but we saw female moose with calves and everything. It was amazing, but they are dangerous. Okay, yeah, they're, they're like statistically like one of the most dangerous things you can encounter, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like moose are the moose in North America are like hippos in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone thinks about yeah, yeah, yeah. lions and yeah. stuff, but no, it's it's. Hippos are the most dangerous animal in Africa. Yeah. And moose are the most dangerous animal so big. in the wild in North America. It's crazy. Oh, my um, God. They're so big. It's funny. I think the, the craziest animal encounter I've ever had on an adventure, though, is a little weird. So oh, good. Can't, so can't wait to hear this. I had, uh, so my wife and I were dating, right? So before we were married, and I went down to climb Aconcagua. This was 2013-ish, 14, whatever that was. And she came down, we were planning for her to come down and meet me in Mendoza when I finished up. And we're going to go back over to Chile and spend some time with some friends of mine and all this stuff. And uh, I met this dude, uh, Rolo, 
Chateaurolo in Mendoza, Argentina. I think he just, like, we're friends on Facebook. He just opened up a mountain bike shop. So go All visit right. Rolo's mountain bike shop Shout in Mendoza, Argentina. He's <laughs> awesome. At the time, he was guiding after Aconcagua, uh, he was guiding some horse tours. Okay. Where you could ride a horse across the Andes. Oh, that's badass. And yeah, so cool. literally, I got back down to Santiago or back down to Mendoza after Aconcagua. And Meg was flying in like in a day or two because, you know, you never know exactly how long it's going to take. And I was like, hey, any chance you'd want to, I know you like horses, like you were up riding some horses. Instead of grabbing that cheap flight back across the Indies, would you want to ride horses across the Indies? (laughs) And she's like, oh my God, yes, amazing, amazing, amazing. sweet. So I booked a trip and we, for four days, rode horses from Mendoza, Argentina to Santiago, Chile across the Andes. When we were leaving Santiago, it was awesome because the guy had never seen someone who arrived into the country on a visa. Oh, really? At a random station in the middle of the mountains wow. where horses went through. You know, it's really, really funny. But as we were going up this one pass, they had some late snow, but they never had snow on this one pass. And then we got up there and it was just all snowed in. Oh, we're riding wow. horses and we had this pack mule with us. And as we were walking up, we got off the horses and we were walking up and... This mule that was carrying all of our stuff slipped. Oh shit! And like fell over. Oh no! Backwards, somersaulting and threw stuff every which way, you know. And and just like and then the mule was just laying there and like I I thought the thing was was it dead? No, it ended up being fine, but it (laughs) laid there for a while and we were just sitting there for you know like an hour and like gathering stuff and. Wow. Awesome like, things. But I mean, it, it's weird that like the craziest encounters with animals are like that, like that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. And like, you know, in Aconcagua, mules are helping carrying stuff up and they're assholes. Basically, <laughs> they're just total jerks, you know? And like yeah. that sort of thing is is the worst experience. Yeah. And people, people are the worst. Yeah. You know, so, it's like uh, that weird. Was a, that dudes. was the next, a next question for you. Because like when we're out backpacking, I mean, granted, it's Ohio, but like, the most yeah. the most dangerous animal is the human. Totally. Have you had any sketchy human encounters? <laughs> oh my god! There's some funny comments in here. Yeah. Any uh, wait? Any comments we should address? I think you three should shotgun some some of that sixty nine beer. <laughs> <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> Cannonball. Yeah. What are what are your weird? What, what are some, um, we got okay, some sketchy so human the, encounters. The weirdest human encounter. I think I've ever had was out in a, actually not far out of Leadville, Colorado, where your favorite Melly hoodies yeah. are from. Oh, I, I never showed you. Oh the my god! Yeah, I never oh yeah, you got your Melly. Melly. I've got Melly. my Melly's yeah. too. Got another one on the way. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. I yeah. hope you're watching. <laughs> um, anywho, so I, I was out there. Oh man, this was this was years ago, and it was my my buddy uh, Mike who also went to Colorado, and I, and there were two guys, John and Sam. We'd never done like any hiking, yeah. like any real Colorado kind of hiking. So we're like, oh, let's pop up a 14er. <laughs> so no. we took him to like Mount Huron, which is like 14,000, like, I don't know, 14,006 feet or 14, you know, it's yeah. like, it's literally just over 14,000. Six mile round trip trail, no big deal. It's like, okay, you're in shape. Yeah. You can get up this thing. Yeah. We're just going to go for a little day hike. We pop up Huron. Awesome time. We're coming down. And as we're coming down this trail, there's a dude, probably mid twenties, in like black short shorts, 
and running oh. shoes. <laughs> Nothing else. Okay. No shirt. shirt. No shirt. No backpack. Okay. No water that you can see. Interesting. Short shorts, like five inch inseam, maybe three inch inseam. Was it like a trail run? Oh, three inch inseam. Oh, wow. Three inch inseam is some nut huggers. And a full on Glock sidearm (laughs) strapped to his hip. (laughs) Where is this again? This was on Mount Huron in Colorado. So this is a dude in nut huggers (laughs) and a Glock? Yes. And nothing, like no water, no food, and no a, backpack, and no hat, no sunscreen, no nothing. Running shoes, shorty short black shorts, and a lock on his hip. Wow. And and just like crazy eyes. Like had a had a big beard. Yeah. Just like, you know, like the Sounds big, like an ultra runner. Black beard. Yeah, I, yeah like I, I know, right? <laughs> With and, a lock though? Yeah, I don't know. And just crazy weird. eyes. And like we were, we were like having fun and talking and singing yeah. songs like, crossing paths with other people and you say yeah. hi you know it's all social it was just this awkward silence of passing and they're like are we are we far enough are we are we far enough away what oh, the hell creepy. was up with that yeah. what was that's these? creepy it was so weird. that's creepy uh, yeah yeah that 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 is weird okay that's pretty creepy we've seen this thing we've seen some uh get ready to See people carrying when you're on the Ohio to Erie Trail. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, those I will be the farmers coming yeah. out to their land and be like, why are you I've, I've never seen a greater percentage of people carrying firearms than backpacking in Ohio. That That, that is actually true. Yeah. Backpacking in Ohio, almost every single time I see people carrying firearms. And Andy and I do not carry firearms. And I'm not against it. Not that we're against that, but we do not. But, I, sure. you know, here's a weird, here's a weird thing. It's like... Uh, at Zaleski, I've seen a bunch of open carry. Yeah, and at Lake Shawnee, Vesuvius, yeah. I've seen open carry. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not against it, but I'm, I. Uh, it, it's kind of weird to it, see it. It, first. it throws me off a little bit. I, yeah. and I, I would, I would be more weirded out seeing that in a place like Colorado. Trail runner yeah. with a Glock with yeah, shorty a, shorts. At least I have a shirt a and a Glock. Teener, you know, it, it's so sort weird. of like I. So weird. I could, I could almost expect something like on a trek like what i'm talking about in this summer yeah like carrying a yeah, small, right, you know what I mean? yeah, like, that right, would actually right. make yep. more sense we have correct humans correct yeah, but, but no grizzlies in Colorado. bear spray is yeah. far more effective yeah than a fire yeah for bears you know and and moose nothing's effective so you just get yeah. get out of their way I, there's no wilderness reason to have a firearm it, now if you're going to a lot okay crazy story so my buddy Caleb, good buddy of mine from middle school, high school, lives in Juneau, Alaska. So I, after climbing Rainier, flew up there, ha- hung out with him. We went out to his like family's and friends' place that yeah. there's no roads to. You have to take a plane to to a canning station and then oh, skiff wow. and yeah. like it's like it's crazy. It's up next to Glacier Bay National Park. Yeah. It's like it's amazing out of the middle of nowhere. And so we chartered the plane to get out there because myself him and his wife or fiance at the time whatever we flew out there with three people it was cheaper to take a charter flight we took the mail plane back because she came back by herself <laughs> oh, we nice. spent a few days out there fishing for crabs and halibut and you know nice. just like, but as we were loading up for this charter flight out there the person the lady checking us in this young woman was like uh do you guys have a have a firearm with you and Kate was like yeah we've got a 44 good yeah 
it's like just check the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you have yeah. that with makes you. sense. Yeah. Makes sense. We're going to the middle of nowhere, yeah. Alaska, yeah. and you know we've got stuff. We're not worried about weight. We're getting yeah. dropped off. You know, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Have a revolver. Yeah. <laughs> have a yeah. have a rifle. Have you yeah. know have that kind of stuff with you. That that totally makes sense in that rural setting. Backpacking in Zaleski. All those Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dude, have you seen those Boy Scouts? Oh, man. Yeah. I have, yeah, I've seen more people carrying firearms in Ohio than yeah. I've seen in Ohio. Yeah, I'm, not, I, again, like, I'm not opposed to it. I, I always it's talk, just, it just throws me off. I, I always talk to Andy, I'm like, I'm like, if we were doing some sort of a trip in, like, backwoods, Montana, oh, yeah. Lakes, where you need your, your, Axe, like dude. I tell him like you might need a revolver. Yeah. You might need a rifle. I was you know? telling him, I'm like, we're gonna I'm like, I'm like, one of these bears gonna check me with this axe, man. <laughs> I was like, at least with the axe, I got, I got something. <laughs> but like going out into Montana, yeah, like I can see it Celeste, for sure, really? for sure. No. Yeah, you walk five miles in any direction in Zaleski, you're out of room. Yeah. But but having said that, there's some. There's some no. weird people. There's and, some yeah. weird people. Yeah, and the, and the thing, and the the counter argument is yeah. that the most dangerous thing is humans, humans. not not animals. Hundred percent, statistically, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's creepy. But then again, like you could, you could bear spray a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guns way lighter though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Then bear spray. I, I know. know. I yeah, I've never. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If we went to Montana, I, like a canoe trip or something, I'd be sure. like, I'd throw a shotgun in there or something, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It would just depend. But but even, yeah. like, if you're making the argument, and, and I'm just going off of, and I got to be real careful because we're going down a real... Oh, going down a Second Amendment hole here. We're going down a Second Amendment. We're going down a rabbit hole whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. yeah have have you, you, you had that? Off? It's really good. Super. It's expensive. I've, I've it. It's it's good. Yeah. yeah. Finish that uh, off. I was just saying that we're going down a, too big. Yeah. We're going down a rabbit hole, so yeah. we might as well drink yeah. the rabbit hole whiskey. Yeah. Right? Finish here. that. Finish. Here, here. <laughs> Pour this. It's a finished. It's a finished whiskey. It's really good. Yeah, this bottle's too big. Yeah, you just Okay, so off. here's my here's my rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. What limited data is available when it comes to bears is that bear spray is more effective than firearms. What limited data is available. So even if you're going to like a crazy area with grizzly bears, one might make an argument that bear spray might be more effective than firearms. I I think that's absolutely. Yeah. So here's my counterpoint to that. No, and I'm I'm not so taking first off, side. Statistically, that is correct. Right. If you look at all the interactions between people and bears that are reported, that are reported, right? I think I think uh, that people have more success with bear spray. Sure. Yeah. So that makes total sense. But probably it more is. people carry bear spray than firearms. So hundred percent. So like that's it's biased. Here's my counterpoint. Bear, bear, if a bear wants to eat you, yeah, yeah I'm kill, yeah. Bear spray ain't stopping that bear. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm packing. Now, m- the vast majority of time, a bear is attacking human. It's yeah. not because that bear wants to eat that human. But, but the other counterpoint would be the bear that wants to eat you is not your small black bear. No, Greg, it's a big bear. Which, what is the firearm that's going to be effective? Correct. Versus very, that very no bear. And this this brings up a whole great conversation of. 
what is the best firearm to carry against a bear? <laughs> That's a way more fun conversation. Well, <laughs> I love this conversation. Because I'm like, I want a shotgun with no, deer slugs. No, 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 no. I want, I want you're a right, 44 Magnum. Yeah, you're yeah. right. With bear any, rounds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Any, any, the vast majority of people carrying pistols, like a 44 Magnum is probably the only pistol, right? That That's going to be good against a large. Oh, no, 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 no. You're going down a big rabbit hole right now. I just want a shotgun. No, no, no. I want a semi-auto, high caliber, fire rifle. A Forty-four or pistol. Magnum. So when you were in Alaska, that was like their like you got their sidearm. Like forty-four Magnum was. Like, I, I've like seen check. I've seen some of those shows where like those like flying guides like they're carrying nine millimeters. I was like, okay, come on. Like, hey, they killed bears with nine millimeters. I know, I know, but if like. If I'm if I'm a private pilot in Grizzly Country, I'm, I'm carrying like, a shotgun. No, I'm carrying something big. Yeah, I, I will first shotgun? say I don't want to kill a bear. No, no, like they're nobody majestic wants creatures. Yeah. Like no, you no but like if it was them. trying to kill you, you would kill. Yeah, them. no, yeah, I. It's got to go. Well, <laughs> it's got to go. <laughs> I mean, come on, forty-four Magnum seems like a good I choice. Mean, Listen, I, 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 I think bears are uh, an appropriate part of the ecosystem. Absolutely, and they, but if a, like I, 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 I dwindle a little bit from the ecologist when I say like. F bears and uh, <laughs> like if we want to exist in the same area as bears, yeah. they're going to challenge us as predators. That's why California sure. killed all the grizzlies. And, uh, yeah. and, and when it comes to him, yeah, yeah, same. We pushed them out. Yeah. People, where there's people, there aren't grizzlies. Yeah. Let's be honest because they're, they're too aggressive to live side by side and it's sad. And, and I think that a lot of times when the bear is a problem, it's largely a problem of human encroachment. You know, and yeah, and that's that's a sadder, larger, bigger picture conversation. It doesn't do a lot for the individual who comes across a bear who's trying to eat them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's the sad reality of those bears. If it's not a grizzly in a completely wild circumstance like Canadian Rockies mm -hmm. or Alaska, it's because that bear has been conditioned by humans Correct. and campgrounds Correct. and parking lots and that's leaving food out. Yeah, that's a problem. That's when you leave your food and you're not responsible with your food backpacking, you're killing bears. Right, yeah. And that is 100% bullshit. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to say that. Yeah. And that is humans. That is crap. We shouldn't be doing that. Now, I'm, that's not rural Alaska. In no, no, but, but, but what, what, what you're describing yeah. is 99% of bear interactions Precisely. with humans. Precisely. And uh, so I, I, I talked to Andy about this. So, um, so like last year, Andy and I ate some bear meat. There's a point mm. to this story. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were super paranoid about a parasite called trichinosis. Yeah, yeah, bacon, trichinosis. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the, the point of the story is I was like, okay, how many bears have trichinosis? And there were some good research studies. The point of all this is when they sampled like most of the bears in the eastern United States, which is not grizzlies. Sure. Like forty percent of their diet was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're not doing these bears any favors. Yeah, you know, like that's insane. Yeah. Like that is, and like our sister lives in Lake Tahoe, and straight up, we get like, like gas station camera footage. Oh yeah, left yeah. and right oh, of yeah. bears like going into gas, massive, and like these aren't like. Oh, Smokey the Bears, like Eastern Bears. These are like 500-pound black bears in a freaking 7-Eleven. Yeah. Yeah. 
at the get go. Like literally. <laughs> and like if you think I'm joking, like it's, I'm not. Oh, it's know. like imagine yeah. a bear in a grocery store and they're like eating candy bars and stuff and then they just they have to kill these bears. Yeah. You know? And that is that's cuz once they learn that trick. Yeah. There is no untreated. And like I thought like I thought like we've gone down to the Smokies and in the Smokies the human bear interaction is not good there. Yeah, it's like what you described all. with campground. Yeah, absolutely. But dude, Lake Tahoe, they're like going into restaurants yeah, right? and grocery stores. Yeah. Yep. And I saw that and it's like insane to me. Yeah. Uh, and it's sad. It's sad. It's very sad. Um, and, and they're, they're big, man. Like so I was going to get gas. And I'm like, see you, man. <laughs> Take my car. Yeah. So, so to answer the age old question then, what caliber is best for bear? <laughs> I don't know, man. Do we have any, any responses? Uh, yeah, there's, on the there's, there's it is. Sad, there's some 44. It's there's 44. Yeah, it's yeah. 12 gauge. Yeah. I'm with the 12 gauge crowd. <laughs> um, but it is sad. I, I'm, yeah. I'm with you in that aspect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I, I, I fully agree there is a part of the ecosystem they deserve to be in. Of yeah. course. Um, yeah, absolutely. And they're naturally a part of it, but... In the same, in the in same their space, right, right, yeah. correct, and we're we're in their space. Yeah. You could you could make that argument, um, but it's just there's just some, some messy encounters, oh, of course. Yeah. So good. so Scott, you're flying to middle of Alaska to do like a little fishing what, trip. What, do you, what are you packing? What caliber are you taking? <laughs> what caliber are you taking? <laughs> I yeah, I I think I mean a revolver. Yeah. Yeah. In a forty-four, I mean, because revolvers gum left. Uh, if you're in the wilderness, you're talking about yeah. the jamming issue. Have yeah, you um, have you seen grizzly in the wild? No, okay. I've never seen a grizzly in the wild. Only at zoos, and yeah, 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 videos and things like that. Yeah. I've seen black bear, okay, but not not grizzly. Have you seen um, uh, what's the right word? Like, have you seen um, signs of grizzly, like scat or prints? Because you've been in Alaska. Sure, yeah. yeah. Seen trade in Canadian Rockies, yeah. not by Jasper and the whole like yeah, yeah, yeah. that area up through there and and Montana, uh, but never never inside. I mean, largely too bears they stay out of our right. Way. They yeah. do not. They do not. They don't yeah, want to have anything correct. to do with you correct. if they know you're coming. Correct. So you just have to be smart in bear country. Yeah. You know? And I've I've actually, I don't think I've ever seen a bear on a trail. We I've seen, seen them once. on roads. I've yeah. seen them. You know what I mean. Seen them like doing touristy things. Of course. Yeah. You know, and, and like I've seen a, I've seen a lot on roads. Like you come and the bear's crossing a road. Yeah. It's right there. You know that kind of thing. But I don't think I've ever seen one on a trail. Do, do you that's, know that's the only time we've ever seen our one? I've seen him in the Smoky Mountains. No, no, I mean like wild back. Yeah, yeah, sure. We sure. we saw him in Ver, in Virginia, down in Grayson mm-hmm. Highlands area, yeah. actually. Um, do, do you know what an Ursac is? Yes, so I have a, I have one. The Ursac Miner, which is for mini bears, the like yellow one. You know, it's, yeah. it's for the raccoons and the yeah, squirrels yeah. and the chipmunks. And I have one. a yeah. I have an actual. When I was out nice. in Lake Tahoe, where the black bears are big, yeah. that's the first time I've actually ever used one. Sweet. And then that they do recommend also a bear canister, but yeah. I didn't go. I didn't go that hardcore. I I have a bear canister out in Colorado oh. that I've barely ever used. Yeah, you know, and we we had it in the truck for when we were camping and were. Through the Canadian Rockies yeah. and Montana and yeah. things like that, basically. Um, yeah, and, and I like that. But I, I think a big part of bear country protocol is, again, not camping where you cook. Yeah. 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 Huge. In know? Montana, that's basically yeah. what you have to do. Of course. Yeah. You know, and you, you cook 
and then you walk. Yeah. Yeah. And then you camp. And if you if you put your food and your things in sealed yeah. bags that are odor resistant and earth that kind of stuff and you separate them from where you're sleeping, you're not gonna have many issues. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're not staying in established campgrounds. Yeah. It's established campgrounds where you're cooking where you sleep. That's the issue. That's yeah. all glacier. Yeah. In <laughs> yeah. national parks, the problem is you can't camp where it's not at the stop. Right. Camp. I know. Right. You know, right, so, right, like, right, right. so Yellowstone, Glacier, <laughs> right. these places where it's actually right. an issue, you can't camp. You're not supposed to camp. Yeah. Where it's, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's the real issue. I, I love bears, but I also hate them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're so majestic. They're very majestic. And it, um, and it was finally cool to see one while backpacking, even though it caught me off guard a little bit. But yeah, it was very like un. It was, it was just like it, it was, was like, oh, there's a, there was a black bear running We're away like, from us. Oh, look, there's classic. a black bear yeah. sprinting as fast as it possibly yeah. could away from us. Uh, classic. Uh, and now I don't know how I'd react seeing a grizzly. I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, oh, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> All right, we're going this way. <laughs> you know, very still. Yeah. yeah, and we 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 have um, generally carried bear spray. I mean, there's this. Yeah, yeah, bear, absolutely. We have bear sprays. So you know, like, you know, someone commented too on the video that we just released uh, the uh, most hated items. Yeah, and somebody commented in there, which I thought was very valid. That in general, hated items include bear spray. Yeah, a lot of people hate on carrying bear spray. To those people. F off. Yeah. Um, it's a small price to pay to have a positive, a positive yeah. encounter a with a bear, a non-lethal encounter, and a, an interaction with a bear that teaches that bear to stay away from humans. Yep. Yeah. If you, if you're in high risk areas, yes. Yeah. So like Smokies, um, we carried it. We did. We carried it in Grayson Highlands, Cranberry, uh, I, uh, and Cranberry, and Lake Tahoe, where they're going into convenience stores. Sure. We carried it. Sure. Um, I think it's fair to carry it there. Yeah, I, I absolutely, one hundred percent agree. And in especially in grizzly yeah. prone areas, like black bears, take it or leave it. I mean, the the concept of a lethal encounter. They kill people, Scott. Have you ever seen that one video or that Scott, one? That one video. Scott, they drag people out of hammocks by their face. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you though. Black yeah. bears aren't like normally. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Not generally. Correct. There's always the exception to the rule. Um, but if you're going into Canadian Rockies, Montana, Yellowstone, yeah. like the, Alaska, the places there carry the bear spray. Yeah. Period. Yeah. It's, it's, you're, it's better for the bears. It's better for humans. It's better for everything. And that's your safest eventuality. Also, there's a lot of places, like if you're up around the Jasper area, if you're up in Canadian Rockies, you're required to go out with four people. Really? Yeah, really? I didn't know that. Statistically, that. if you're in a party of four or greater, you're not going to encounter a bear. That makes total sense. Yeah. Because the bear hears yeah. the group I didn't coming. know this was a regulation. It, and it's a regulation in a lot of that's areas. That's a good idea. It's a great idea. Yeah. And so that's a point where if you're with more people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's better. But again, if you're going off by yourself you know a lot of times when those kind of attacks exist it's a single person right by him or herself right off isolated and that's when it happens yeah so have that bear cast i didn't know about the four person yeah, I didn't that's know a about really that. good idea yeah 
Cause that's something like when we're out, we're always backpacking with like Andy and I and a couple other dudes. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not worried about it. Like, exactly. Like if, if push came to shove, we could take a bear down. <laughs> 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 that's what Especially if I've, got, if I've got the grand first <laughs> brook with me. <laughs> the, the forest axe. <laughs> yeah. Like if it's three dudes with the forest axe, we're good. <laughs> we're eating bear. <laughs> Yeah, we're all dead. <laughs> the other other red meat. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, if there are four of us, we could, like... What kind of bear? A black bear. A small black bear? Like a 300-pound black He's bear. He's running away. Four yeah. of For us? sure. Yeah. For sure. Wait, no four one. of us? Four dudes and a forest axe. One forest so axe? Correct. With in four the, dudes. But we got we all have trekking poles. <laughs> in the in the Adirondacks, <laughs> I did chase a black bear away from our bear Dude, bags. All right, yes. Scott. Do you think... All right, but we're out there. Okay, we have... We all have trekking poles, mm-hmm. and there's one forest axe. <laughs> if a bear is like wants to kill us, you think we're good? We're good, no. right? <laughs> one forest axe, forest axe. Yeah. And how many trekking poles? We have six trekking six poles. Six trekking poles. <laughs> so we have six trekking poles and a forest axe. We only between three people, yes. though. Okay. And, and it's a it's a three hundred pound black bear. No so, way. So no way. two of us outweigh we're that sprinting. black bear. We're no. So okay. Two so of a, us outweigh that black bear. So I mean, let's be honest. A three. A, okay. A, a three hundred pound black bear is a is a large that's black a bear. Big ass black bear. That is a black bear that's standing probably five to six feet up. Okay, so I'm saying, I'm like, let's give the bear some credit. It's not a small bear, but there's three of us and an axe. Like, right? We're gonna be okay. <laughs> We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine. Like, even if that thing comes at us. But you got to take that out of your pack. You got to take off okay, the leather shoe. Okay, I'm saying we're prepared. Okay. Like, it's literally, so you're ready to get it's literally the three of us like this and a six-foot black bear is coming we're at us. Prepared. We're going to be fine. Dad joke. Yeah, yeah. Dad joke. The, so the, the take-home is just carry an axe instead of bear spray. We'll be fine. Right. No, no. Please don't do that. No, <laughs> that's, don't do that's that. That's dumb. No. No, and I I agree. I with a black bear. I don't think there's, yeah, no, there's they're running away. The, the issues of black bears are yeah. are minuscule. But okay, 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 okay all right, easy all right, there. Right, two hundred pound grizzly. Two, so, is this a baby? Well, yeah, two hundred pounds. I mean, okay, three hundred pound grizzly. Grizzlies are like thousands of pounds, right. right? Like, so I so, say a three hundred pound a juvenile male grizzly that wants to kill us. No, we got to stand right. our ground. We got we got to get the forest dudes. axe. All right, we have three dudes. Poles. Okay, we have three dudes, six trekking poles, a forest axe, and a can of bear spray. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay there. No, no, no. So we we use the bear spray and they don't turn back. But the bear is kind of like, uh. all right, now it's us against the bear and an axe. <laughs> are we good? <laughs> One of a a couple of us are getting wounded. Okay, <laughs> that's a given. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're going to get mauled in some capacity. We might survive. I think we're good. We could stab it with the Dragon Bulls. No, it depends. Someone's got to land a good shot with the forest axe. Dude, it just takes one. One one swing with the forest axe. And I think it's going to slow down. Come on. I want a park ranger to weigh in. And what else? Okay, what, what else? do we have on the line? So, 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 comment on so okay, in a backpacking situation, what else do we have at our disposal? 
a trusty Swiss Army classic. <laughs> okay, so the you, scissors so are Scott's, super nice. Scott's got a yeah. Swiss Army knife. You've got classic. The, I've, the classic. I've got the, you've I've got got the, the Kershaw. No, <laughs> I've got the axe. Maybe you've got a knife? I've got a trekking pole. I'm dead. Mm. Well, I mean, mm. I, dude, I think a trekking pole, you can stab with yeah, this. Yeah, Scott's thing. dead. I'm wounded. <laughs> you, I, I you sometimes have the axe. I have an ice axe from time dude, to time. Dude, an ice axe. I feel like an ice axe. Yeah, not do, really when you're in bear country. Uh, yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting to think about, like the actual mistake. The uh, ten uh, steak's a good ten, one. Hey, if you if you've got the MSR Groundhog, yeah, you're all yeah, winning for sure. Yeah. You gotta think of like if that bear is like coming at you. Do you think? I mean, you gotta think about the hide. No, and, like the forest stacks ain't doing shit. I think a forest stacks are good, but a ten no. steak. I mean, it's a no forest stacks. You're not doing shit with that. Dude, if I'm swinging this forest axe full bear, no, that's gonna land in the bear's like scapula. No, regions. but it's gonna pull up its arm, and you're gonna hit it. No, in no, its no, 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 dude. If I'm swinging that, if I get one good swing of the forest axe, mm. that bear is taking some damage. Maybe only one swing, and then you guys got the trekking poles. <laughs> so, and he's got a Swiss Army knife. A classic. <laughs> We're all dead. <laughs> It's like, have, no. you, have you seen... Uh, We're going to have to play dead at this point. The Wes Anderson movie where he stabs him. <laughs> it's like literally that, you know, that's what I'm talking about. This is a hilarious um, thing to discuss. So I, I hope there's no small children watching, <laughs> but what do you do when you come across a grizzly? No, that's it. No, 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 no. You no. wipe him off and apologize. Grizzly. I don't wait, get wait, it. Wait, wait, wait. I don't get Just it. Just let that sink in. What do you do? It's a, it's a joke. I know. I don't get it though. What do you do when you come across a grizzly? You wipe them off and apologize. Scott, you're gonna have to explain. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm not going to explain that. Okay, (laughs) okay, all right. It's R-rated. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. I still think the three of us would be okay. No, two of you would be mauled. (laughs) I don't know. I I was a wrestler. So I could, I could probably, you know, I, I was, uh, I'm dead. I was an all-state I'm dead. wrestler. I can, the yeah. thing about a grizzly is like one of those paw swipes. Oh, no. Someone's going about, down. No, I, yeah, I'm aware. Someone's yeah. going yeah. down. So we, we need to have someone eat the first paw swipe. That <laughs> might be me. you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm playing dead because that's a proven tactic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grizzly. Well, go after Andy. I'm with the small forest act. Well, Scott's like got the Swiss Army. So here, here's the real question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what the real question is here. Who's the slowest runner? No, somebody. Just, uh, so B B three outdoors says to survive a bear attack, you don't stab the bear. You stab your friend and run. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was just about to suggest that. <laughs> Am I, I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to run faster than the bear. I have to run faster than you. Hey, we both run. Yeah, I don't. Okay, know I don't run. run. I'm, not a, I'm a sprinter <laughs> though. I'm a sprinter. I'm not a distance runner. So you're dead. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're gonna have to cut a calf. You're gonna have to cut one this, of our calves. Uh, attendant, attendant. This, never this podcast has taken a great turn. This yeah. is the kind of dynamic Dark. I wanted to Dark. discuss. I love. I, hold on. Going the back. Actual mechanics of us. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. So, so going back to Meldrum, you, you were you were pushing Meldrum to see if Bigfoot was aggressive. Or yeah. Not. Hold on. I have to go to the bathroom. But yes. According to Meldrum, aggressive Sasquatch. Yeah. According to Meldrum, Bigfoot has yet to show evidence of being aggressive. Okay. So um, he has more, yet to show evidence of existing too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on what kind depends, of sign. I mean, I believe, I believe. Yeah. Bigfoot. 
Yeah. So the question then becomes in a Bigfoot situation, if they get aggressive, what are you doing? Hmm. I mean, making friends. I, I, right. I'm playing yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> probably playing dead. I'm, I'm yeah. going with grizzly bear. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With grizzly bear tactics. I'm going to the ground. I'm going fetal position and then hopefully it'll eat you. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, it would definitely eat you because we would, I would win the win the foot race, you know. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, no, with, with the Sasquatch encounter, like if you can't take the loving track, you know, that, that would be that would be an amazing. That would be ideal. That's an ideal encounter, right? Um, you you definitely try to to form that relationship. Yeah, you try to form a bond. But if you can't, then yeah, you definitely evacuate the situation and, and then you play dead, you know. Um, I think that's I think that's what you do. Yeah, and the only evidence that's out there right now is that Sasquatch is more observing. So Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. Uh, and I'm I'm surprised by that because I would think that Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. All right. All right. So the question, wait, the question was, is, has Sasquatch shown any aggression? Right. And the evidence so far is no. Well, the Native Americans <laughs> tend to differ. Yes. They're, they're have, those have like 1800s examples of like the Sasquatch throwing rocks at the no, house. Do you know? What about the encounter where like the guy was taken away to like the camp of Sasquatch? <laughs> what, what have about, you guys heard about that? What about Wait. the Sasquatch that wanted to rape everybody? Hold on. <laughs> I'm familiar with the Sasquatch that just steals and eats the children. There's multiple Sasquatch. Why going on? Wait, wait, what, what are yeah. you referring to? To the, the Sasquatch that like steals people? Yeah. There was there was like an encounter in like eighteen whatever where like they took the guy away <laughs> and like carried him over miles and like set him down in a camp of Sasquatch that he eventually escaped from or so, something weird like that. Okay, so are you familiar with the Native American lore of Sasquatch? Uh, I'm a bit. Yeah. So but, okay, yeah. so. I, I posed this exact question to Dr. Meldrum. I was like, yeah. has there been any evidence? Because, like, so this, for instance, this story of the woman on the Colorado Trail. Okay. And she saw the two, and they just kind of, like, peered at her and, just, like, very hesitant. I was like, so, doctor, like, has there ever been any evidence of them being aggressive towards humans? And he's like, actually... In Native American lore, there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And there is like some sort of Native American tales of the Sasquatch like stealing children. Mm -hmm. Now, the the basis of that being, we know in in primate culture, specifically with chimps, and he talked about this, which is true, uh, when... When tribes of chimpanzees go through like feast and famine, they will eat the young. For sure. So he was saying there, there is, you know, there is evidence of Native Americans discussing this for sure, and I think that kind of, you know, it, it gets into a weird area. Okay, for sure. I mean, it's, it's certainly weird. Okay, the weird topic we're discussing. This is. I mean, <laughs> and when Andy gets back, I want to talk about us three going up against a Sasquatch. Yeah, a Sasquatch. What? Sasquatch? I've heard of Sasquatch. There's different dynamics from a bear attack. Okay, so first and foremost, we need a response from the community. Yes, I'm going to get you a beer. He needs a beer. Folks, this is going deep. uh, We've been doing this for uh, two and a half hours. If you're still with us, I really appreciate it. 
Um, uh, this is we're going deep tonight. <laughs> how, all right. How to kill a Sasquatch? How, how to kill a Sasquatch? All right. So, so I, I think there's a there's a few points to discuss, and this chair is falling apart. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, so okay. True story. Some of these chairs do break. You can just do, just take my computer chair. It's <laughs> yeah, that joint right there. <laughs> there we go. We're good. Hey, this is self-produced. All right, we're good. <laughs> oh damn, this is good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, this, Icelandic soccer. It's really good. Great beer. Um, so so I think that there's a few things going on here, right? So there have been. Many stories, like taking young, for example, yeah, across yeah. multiple cultures, the idea of changelings. Wait, what is this? Changelings of like demon fairies taking children there, and replacing them and like there, stuff like that. There was a few stories in, in Meldrum's book about tribes in the Pacific Northwest and into Canada that describe like a a scary large mother figure Stealing sure. children. Yeah, of course. And I think those kind of stories exist across human experience. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Right? Yeah. The, the boogeyman. Precisely. Boogeyman. Right? Yeah. It's For like sure. changelings. The boogeyman, wild force man. <clears throat> yeah. All these kind of things, you know? And part of, I think, the, the mythology of a Sasquatch Sasquanodal species. <laughs> you know, you can just call it Sasquatch. 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 <laughs> we'll bullet point it. It's almost that that innate human storytelling of the wild man, the wild man of Avignon. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. all of these things of that that other that's just in the fringe of society, you know, and and a lot <laughs> of it can simply be attributed to that. And whether that is some sort of storytelling anthropology, yeah. Like there was probably a time in history, like what you were describing, when there were a dozen hominid species coexisting. Yeah. You gotta read. We remember hands. that. Yeah. We remember that collectively. And can so we, these we, stories that pass on for centuries and millennium have those experiences embedded in those stories. And so the linguistics and the history and the storytelling those incorporate that. Whether or not these creatures actually exist right now, today, doesn't matter. At some point in our evolutionary history hundreds or thousands yeah. of years ago they existed yeah so whether we're remembering those things and passing those stories on or whether they currently exist today i have no idea but you're saying they steal babies <laughs> yes <laughs> they did at one point <laughs> i think they stole my child and they replaced him with a terror <laughs> he's amazing i love him but you're a terror <laughs> that's that's funny yeah Nice. Yeah, nice. I mean, uh, it's like, how do you, how do you argue against like folklore that's passed down from like generation? To well, generation? you can't, you can't, and it, you just yeah. take it with a grain of salt, and you know, I mean, at the end of the day, doctor, if it's, I, I got to see, someone's got a camera phone. We all got camera phones, all right. Like, let's let's see some. I think if they are out there, we'll at least like see one. You know, I don't know. I'm hoping in our lifetime. Yeah. I don't know. We well, we, they're they're right there. Yeah, they're at Endeavor uh, Brewery and Spirits. By the way, if you want to go, you have them in the brewery as well. We like, do. We you have them. I think we have 22 Sasquatch in the building. In the building. Yeah. 
in various places, nooks and corners. Yeah. Uh, and if you're in the Columbus area or traveling to the Columbus area, please go to Endeavor and you can go, you can go see them. Yeah. Say hi. You can see, see me Scott. around. I'll show you around. Yeah. 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 And we should do a trail ale. Yeah. So uh, that's something that. we talked. Okay. So the, the genesis of all of this, and you can go watch it, was like almost two years ago. Was that it? Wow. Two years ago, we did a live Q&A uh, down at Endeavor through Scott. Um, uh, you can see that. It's on YouTube. It was super fun. Great turnout, by the way. And in fact, we were literally getting ready to plan another one. And then COVID hit. And yeah. COVID. Uh, uh, COVID put the kibosh on that. Um, but that's how we got hooked up with Scott. Um, and we did a, a really, a really sweet Q and a there. It was super fun. That was kind of the genesis of all this. And then we, we discussed doing a, the Shill brothers pale ale, but it was really trail ale. Yeah. Trail ale and we were going to go yeah. collect the pine. Yeah. A spruce tip. Spruce tip. It was a spru- yeah. like a spruce, spruce tip. Yeah. And I still want to do that. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so COVID kind of threw a wrench into all of this. Um, yeah. So I, I, I would like to do that. We could do a, oh, we could a do a whiskey. bourbon. Oh, oh my too. God. Show brothers bourbon. Oh, both. It's a longer timeline. So I know. <laughs> it's we can a longer timeline. This we can pull off in years. So, you know. I like the years. Good stuff. Dude, uh, 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 Piney, a piney spruce, a sprucey spruce tip. Spruce yeah. tip IPA, IPA would be awesome. Yeah. Well, imagine so this beer, the beer that you guys are it's drinking. Very the, good. Uh, it's very good. Icelandic Saga. This is actually hop free. There's no aroma or flavor hops. In How are you getting the flavors in here? So there's a complex malt. Because there are a lot of flavors in this beer. Correct. And we have sage and star anise replacing. The flavor and aroma hot profile. What's this? What's a star anise? It's uh, the flavor in black licorice. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But in in Iceland, it's a lot more mild. And this yeah. beer is very, it's not in your face. So if you don't like black licorice, it's fine. Okay. You're going to be okay with this beer, you know. Uh, and the sage has that kind of warming herbal effect. Yeah. But then it finishes clean. There's no real aftertaste it's very that clean. lingers. Very clean. Yeah. And so we use a little bit of hops in the beginning to balance the beer, give it, give it a little bitterness to the sweetness to yeah. balance it out. But there's no flavor aroma hops in this. Nice. And so using say or using uh, spruce tips, for example, is a way that you can replace some of those hop additions, the late boil flavor aroma hops. We could replace with spruce Ohio spruce tips, pine green pines. Show Brothers Pale Ale. Show Brothers Trail Ale. We should try to get, Ooh, some, try to get some Bigfoot hair. Yeah, let's put some and Bigfoot hair. And just throw some <laughs> BFH in. <there. laughs> you know, Meldrum talked about like that was another like good piece of evidence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I love Okay. I pressed uh, it. I know. I love how the answer. Uh, first of all, I, I like his evidence, but his answer to, well, like the DNA evidence is coming back human, but nobody's really like gone deep. DNA evidence. Yeah. Mm. So maybe, 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 maybe. Sasquatch Copperwood. I I would, um, first off, I would like to do another live thing at Endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. We we got it. I don't know. Maybe this fall. I don't know. Anytime. I don't know. When, when do you think, when do you think as a, as a small business owner, as a, a a brewery owner, like when do you think life is going to get back to normal? I mean, I think, 
Define normal? Let's say like but, like when do you think we would do this another live stream thing? Yeah, I mean I mean I think that late summer you think is kind of a, a fair bet for most yeah. of us having vaccines yeah. or at least loved ones at risk yeah. having vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the big point. You yeah. know, like like I said, like my I had COVID with my wife and family. None of us are at risk. Yeah, we were fine, and I know there's a there is a risk. Yeah, even yeah. if you're no pre-existing, right? There's right. certainly risk. Right. So we were lucky, but at the same time, if you would flash forward to the point where our loved ones that were at higher risk were vaccinated, yeah, I'd be right. a little more really comfortable good. going right. out. I can go have a beer with my buddy. That's worth a risk because I know if I get it, the likelihood. Is fine. I am. It's really interesting thinking about it because, like, I, I'm like, I'm a like, I, 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 COVID it is a threat to public yeah. health. Like yes, I'm, it's I'm, real. It's real. Yeah, it's definitely real. But at some point, we have to continue living our lives <sighs> for sure. You know, and like for going, sure. going to the bar before this, and like I went to, um, I, I went to a restaurant like a month ago. And it was so weird. And I'm like, it's at some point we have to resume society for sure. Yeah. You know, sure. <clears throat> regardless of what we got. I, I think the, the normal of like the way we were accustomed to it before is going to be a couple years out. And, 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 and honestly, we're going to recover. Something that I love is like, I think like, Regardless of COVID, if it's cold and flu season, mm-hmm. you got the cold or flu. You put on a mask. Wear a mask. Yeah. Wear a fuck mask. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we've destigmatized wearing a mask. Yeah. 100%. And, and that's the thing that, like, traveling and yeah. being around the world so much <clears throat> that a lot of Americans would make fun of the, the Asian person They've in the been airport. Doing this. They know And they make fun of them. Yeah. And then you're like, no, that person is wearing it not because they're afraid of you. It's because they have a cold. Right. Yeah. They are considering your health. Yeah. Yep. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yes, so it is. So don't deride them. Don't make fun of them. Yeah. Embrace that. And we should great. all be doing that. I agree. So I think it, if you have a cold, if you're sick, put on the mask. Yeah. yeah. I, I I straight up think, <laughs> yeah. I'll get flamed for that. I think the government should mandate that. Like if you have the flu, you have to go outside. Put on a mask. But like put on a mask. If you have a cold, if you have yeah. anything. Getting the flu is super annoying. Yeah. It's <laughs> put awful. on a mask. Yeah. yeah. And in the same time, like all the, the service, curbside services, how amazing is it yeah. that I can like just type in an order at target.com. I know, that's been good. And yeah. then like pull up and one minute later, some it's dude there. walks out yeah. the back of my car. I show him a number yeah. through the window. Done. Yeah. Like that needs to exist. Same with grocery, del- the grocery yeah, pickup. But I think the counter argument to that is and working from home. I think the, sure, all that's great. The counter argument though is like all these like delivery services are nickeling and diming retailers. Yeah, so you got to be. You got to yeah. find the balance well, there. Yeah. Well, that that's where it's about direct, and that's the same thing with. What we're experiencing like if, if you go to DoorDash and all these Grubhub and those kind of things and in Columbus is actually limited the ability for them to take huge really? cuts. There was a legislation passed where they limited to like 18% or something like that before they were taking 30. Really? Yeah. Like ridiculous. Oh, that's Which insane. Which restaurants were actually losing their entire yeah. margin oh, on that stuff. Oh, wow. 
crazy. So the difference of like a target curbside is, you know, that's direct to right, target right, from yeah. the target, right, from right. that, from Giant Eagle, from whatever yeah. you're going through. If you're going through a third party service, that gets really weird really fast. And maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's not. Yeah. It's just free market. It's stuff. A, I, I think um, you're right in saying like even <clears throat> best case scenario, like we're all vaccinated, like we're not going back to real life anytime soon. It's going to be years before. It, I think things have changed permanently. <clears throat> yeah. Some you things think? have changed permanently. And that's a good thing, you know, but certain aspects by this summer will be normal-ish. Yeah. What do you think is a Here's permanent summer. permanent change? Like curbside delivery, you think that's here to get, here to stay? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that stuff is here for, and that's for the better. Like yeah. that, that benefits all of us. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I think, um, I think food delivery, it was already big. I think that is huge now. I don't think that's going away. I think the grocery pickup, yeah, which I I'm going to continue doing because it's way better than going yeah, to the grocery so store. Yeah. Um, so there have been some like and like just obviously like the ability for companies to have people work from home, which impacts right. Andy and I a lot. Mm -hmm. Of course, has been fantastic, and I think you're gonna. I mean, outside of the consumer sector, I think you're going to see this massive work from home trend. I totally agree. Um, which is interesting that it's going to, it has, and I think will continue to affect commercial real estate. Yo, dude, yeah. dude those, that, that could be ooh, huge. It's huge. And so office space is suddenly, it was at a premium in the place yeah. in Columbus. Yeah. And there's all these places that have been being yeah. built and there's all this kind of office space because companies are realizing we don't you have to work from do home. It. It, yeah. It's like if you're tech based, if you're all of that, it's like you don't have to be in an office. You don't have yeah. to be in a cubicle. I think a lot of a lot of that stuff just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, you know. I do think it's it's a life as we know it. I I mean, it's still. I mean, dude, we've been doing this for almost a year now. Yeah, we're just now almost. Just a year I mean, now. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, lockdown. We started testing. Lockdown officially yeah. started March. March March thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, and we're uh, February twelfth. No, so I, I remember. I remember a year ago we were talking about this. We were testing. We were building yeah. technology. My daughter was born on leap day, yeah. March 29th. Right. and we had two weeks roughly right before, before lockdown, where we were quarantined anyway because we had yeah. a newborn oh, baby, yeah. you know, and we had two weeks extra. But yeah. the, at the time, like. At the end of March, we're like, oh, we had two weeks extra quarantine. That was a big deal. Yeah. And now it's like, no, shit. Dude. <laughs> like, you know, it's, yeah. it's a year. That's out nothing. Now. It's been a year. It's been a year. It is. Yeah. I, it is. It's it's yeah. like a movie. I, I, yeah. I always say that on all these podcasts that we yeah. do. It's like, it's crazy. I don't know. It's insane. Whatever. Hey, we're slowly getting back there. I yeah. keep, I, I'm with you. I, hopefully this summer. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hopefully yeah. we'll be back. Yeah, and, and that, that's just it. You know, it's kind of like when we get the vaccines rolling. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it, we have positive signs on new vaccines ordered and getting out there. And, yeah. And it's more about when when the at-risk people and the loved ones yeah. and yeah. all that stuff, the people that are at risk, when they are vaccinated, when they are safe, the uh, at least the people that I want to know that yeah. care about other yeah. people, yeah. you know, yeah. that's when they're going to start going out more. You know, dude, what a crazy virus. I, know. I mean, yeah. it attacks people so differently. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah. couldn't they just made it easy and just give us something super lethal and then everyone just stays inside, you know? It's like, it's this whole thing where, like, like it affects people so differently. And, it, sure. and, and the crazy thing is, it's just mutating away. Yeah, yeah that's that's, yeah. that's normal, though. Yeah. You know, that's that's going to happen. And we'll, we'll see how effective that vaccine is versus future stuff. I mean, so yeah. far, it's effective. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, shout out to the scientists that did that because yeah, that was pretty absolutely. cool. Yeah, shout out to the shout out to the biomedical scientists did that mRNA vaccine. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, all right, all right, all right. Two hours and forty five minutes. It's been almost three hours, man. We've wow. talked longest about longest podcast we've done in a long. time. <laughs> we've talked about Endeavor. We've talked about Bigfoot. We've talked about killing bears. Uh, K two yeah, Mount Everest. <laughs> Firearms, firearms through Ohio. Yeah, we we have covered it all. Um, If you are in Columbus, God damn, or if you're not in Columbus, go to Endeavor Brewery. Go check out Distillery Endeavor. Um, They have fantastic beer. They have a good a good mission. Um, They're an out outdoors centric brewery and, and it's safe it's it's and the beer inside. is really good yeah. um so please we'll put a link down in the description um to the brewery it's in grandview yeah and support your and, and wherever you are support your local yeah. businesses absolutely. that are hurting right now um, yeah. absolutely it's yeah the local breweries yeah local distilleries everybody local loves beer and booze yeah. i mean come on come yeah. on come yeah. on um scott Thank you so much yeah, for coming. Scott, this Thank was you. amazing. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. And bringing all this booze. Yeah, too, yeah. This we'll is do amazing. it again soon. You, we'll you blew my mind on the whiskey stuff. Yeah, the whiskey lie. was super good. Yeah. We, I'll bring this around the Cherrywood gin and cherry the uh, gin. Brazilian and French oak rum Let's do soon. It. And we'll uh, we'll talk about that. All oh, right. Excellent. Um, everybody, thank you all for watching. Thanks yeah. for spending your Friday night with us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks Rate us on the here. iTunes store. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't forget to subscribe to the Backcountry yeah, BSing channel. subscribe to the Backcountry BSing channel. I'll put the link uh, down in the description. Check out Endeavor. Scott, I love it. Good times. Yeah. All right, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.